Welcome to the One Life, One Chance podcast. I'm your host, Toby Morris. Today, I have a very, very special guest in the house. I'll announce him in one second because I forgot I got my man, Derek, my brother from another mother, Green, yeah, next to me. that's how we do it. How uh, could you forget, man? I just forgot. I'm just, I'm, I'm just caffeinated <laughs> out right now from this fucking herba mate and this Ooh, fucking all this other shit I'm drinking. Um, thanks, you, thanks for being here, Derek. Thank you for having me again, Mr. Morris. And before we introduce the guest, we should talk real quick what just happened about 20 minutes ago. Derek's earphones broke off into his eardrum and got stuck in there and had to wake up Max because I was not ready to do this. And we had to take a little tool, a cuticle tool, and Max stuck it in your ear and pulled out a piece of fucking plastic from the headphones that was lodged into your eardrum area. It was terrifying. You were sweating a lot too. I, I started to sweat. Like once I knew that uh, we're going to have to wake up Max and to get him into <laughs> surgery mood to come. And it scared me when you're like, I can't see the piece. I couldn't and I was see like, shit. Oh, shit. And I want to say you have very clean ears and you have a very small ear it's hole. Small, man. And I, I never thought seen it was ear hole that small before. I always thought my ear hole was much bigger. That's what another new thing that I found out today. You can't even fit a Q tip in there, it doesn't seem. Fuck that. I'm not putting any Q-tips or anything. Yeah, well, I got my ears drained last week because I had some buildup in there. Every couple of years, I get the wax drained out. Excuse I go, my French. Though. I go to the Minute Clinic, and they told me never to use Q-tips. It just pushes yep. that shit way inside your ear mm-hmm. and fucking jams it up in there, and it gets stuck to your eardrum, and that's even worse. That's what I was afraid of. I was pushing this piece of plastic deeper into my skull. <laughs> but then Max came and saved the day. Bro, it was like cool, calm, and I couldn't collective. Believe it, man. Those baby hands in your ears. Those baby hands like worked magic to my ears. Um... <laughs> All right, so let's say, let me introduce to the guest here we got today. The man, the myth, the legend, the first yeah. professional BMXer I've ever had on the podcast. OG, Mr. Rick Thorne. What Rick up? Thorne I'm, in I, the house. What? What's up? You're I'm the, the first? first? Yeah, the first one, bro. Yeah, and I shall be the last. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the pod, my man. What's up, dude? I'm stoked. I've been, I've been wanting to come on your show for a while. I'm very excited to have you. Um, We'll, we'll go back how we met and all the Warped Tour days and all that stuff. But I did a deep dive in you, and I love learning about people that I, you think you know for a really long time. And I had no idea you were born in Kansas City, Missouri. Yeah, KCMO. I always dude. think you're a Cali kid. Well, growing up in Kansas City, everybody always thought that. Yeah. Even mm-hmm. back then, they'd be like, you from California, boy? Give you a, <laughs> and they give you a vibe. Like, and I'm like, no, dude, but like, I'd like to go. How, yeah. long were you, how long did you live there for, and how was it growing up there? I, okay, I lived in Kansas City till I was 23. Oh, shit. Wow. And then I moved to St. Louis got married the first time and lived there for like five years and okay. then that's when i came to cali so technically california missouri because i would go back and forth till i was 27 but kansas city specifically when i was 23 mm. so i learned how to ride into punk rock everything there everything yeah it's interesting because most people you don't hear about growing up in the punk scene in that part of the country no but you know what that's what it, that's sorry yeah go ahead no 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 i was just gonna say in the middle of the country yeah that's yeah. What, that's what i'm saying yeah yeah missouri well you guys are old as old as i am close mm. to it and you yeah. know back then uh, you know, you're East Coast, yeah, right? So for us, like, being in the Midwest, you had to do a lot more research. I'm sure. For, like, to find music and then, like, you know, what bands were cool. And so what what attracted me to punk rock is is uh, all of BMX, punk rock just went together. It's just that yeah. time, you know? How, yeah. how, how were you growing up? Like, how was it growing up? You have, like, siblings and stuff? Yeah, I have a sister. And then, uh, and that's it. Yeah. She just, older or younger? She's older. Okay. Yeah. And then. You like, guys get along? Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we we do different things, you know. Uh, 
she she's not into like what I'm into, but like okay. we're still we still love each other, you know. What right, I mean? right. Yeah. Were absolutely. you going to the same high school and stuff like that? Yeah. She, oh wow. Okay. She was two years cool. older. See, when I went to high school, no one liked us. But everything people like now. <laughs> Both of you. Right. No. Well, more my my sister had a lot more friends than I did because mine were all the bike riders. Yeah. And the bike riders. See where I'm from. Bike and skate got along great. Wow. Mm. Because Midwest, we were all freaks, right? right. Yeah. We're talking like 82, 83. Yeah. So when we went into high school, like I was friends with all the bikers and shit, but then like all the stoners and jocks were the ones who were like, we, we were doing something different. So then they wanted to attack us. So yeah. every day was a battle. Right. Which is kind of ironic now because when you look at the sport now, it's like, it's all stoners and jocks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, <laughs> yeah, you crazy. dudes are everybody I was against. That's crazy. Because you got stoner crowd, yeah. the industry dudes, like, yeah, dude. And then you got like the jockos, the, like Olympians and shit, which are great. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you guys work out in the gym. You guys get high. I didn't do any of that. We just rode bikes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? You know what's crazy is that like back then, I guess like you would say how it is with like if a kid is a kid on a scooter at a skate park. He's kind of the BMXer Boo. back then because back then, they, <laughs> I guess back then in the eighties they didn't want BMXers riding on their skate spots I or was terrain. Just gonna ask about because that. my first quarter pipe, I'll show you a picture after. We had a big anti sign through BMX that said no BMXers allowed on I the know. quarter pipe. They're rusty built. So but racist. I don't know why we were like that. It's That's not racist. Horrible. You, fr- I just don't know why it was like that. <laughs> no, because it was only racist. No, I, th- I think I think it has a lot to do with. Like I've I've analyzed this through the years, and, okay. and just for the record, let me back up. Not everybody in our sports is stoner or jock. I was making yeah, an assumption. All, all good. A lot are, but what I think about that skater biker thing is, is I think that the languages of how we ride and how we flow and how like like look skaters drop in quick. Back, 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 yeah. back, back. We need the run up. We need the deck space. We need to back up. Like oh, we need to get some momentum going. Yeah, that I'm talking like if you're riding a vert ramp, right? That right there creates this kind of like hesitation thing that like skating's not used to. Skating, nah. people are dropping in as dudes are knee sliding. Totally. You know, and bikes are like, okay, hey, everyone off the ramp, make sure the other side's clear. Yeah. And so it creates this kind of like division, but not intentionally. Just the languages of how, what we need to do because we have, our bikes are bigger, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But, but I've always been kind of like a skate attitude on a bike, to be quite honest with you. That's why I've gotten along with everybody. Did you ever skate? A little bit. Not, not too much. Well, Back in the day when you had like the wide Nash boards, yeah, I got speed wobbles going on this hill and ate it. And I was like, I'm going to be that was it. I mean, we rode around, but I just bikes, I felt like I can get out of the house quicker Mm. and can go further and just haul ass. And so, how were you in school? Did you start riding bikes when you were high school too? That's our early age for you, yeah. Like the way I got into it was, you know, I really don't even remember because being in the Midwest, you had to have the only source of information, any younger kids listening is magazines totally yes. and so like for us it was thrasher yeah okay bmx plus yep bmx plus bmx action and i just i just was into riding bikes and i was at a newsstand and it, it caught my eye and then that's when you started to get more of like you're hooked then yeah. you get the next issue then you get the next one then you're like then you want to build your own ramp how do i build my own ramp you know mm. and at the t- at that time all the skate parks were in california uh I'll tell you a quick story about this. All the skate parks were in California. The lifestyle. Everybody's like, you from California. You're riding bikes. Yeah. Dudes are like, I don't know how I got involved with it. I just did. I, just, mm-hmm. I was attracted to it. And ironically, my best friend to this day, his name is Dennis McCoy. He's like legend BMXer, probably the longest competitive pro out there. He was the first guy to get sponsored outside of California. Wow. And he was my best friend. Mm. So I saw all this stuff happening for him. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? And I was like, dude, I want that. I want that. And so I admired him and you know looked up to him. Yeah. He's only a couple years older. We went to the same high school. So, you know, the dude you're going to high school with, your homie, kill it. The stoners and jocks hate us. We're all fighting yeah. these guys. And then he goes, comes out to California, wins the contest. And he's like, he blows up. Wow. And like no one outside of California was sponsored, let yeah. alone even getting paid. He was yeah. getting both. It must have been mm -hmm. super inspiring for you, for sure. He became the number one pro in the world. Wow. wow. And he was from, and he was down the street. And that was a dude I rode with since I've been 12. And That's like, amazing. Yeah. Totally. So that inspired me. But back, so I, I got a lot of like info through him okay. with riding. Okay. Like, I'm going to In-N-Out. In California, like, what is In-N-Out? You know, I didn't even know what that was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, 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 I, so I gotta ask, like, so you have like these different divisions, I'm thinking, like where I grew up, at least there was like the BMXer where you're racing. And that's what I did. Like race BMX. Sick. So then you have like people are doing like ramps, mm. you know, and then you have street as yep. well. Like, nah, I don't do ramps, but street. So there were like three different types of divisions. Of Wait, where would you grow up at? Cleveland, Ohio. Okay, okay, cool. I didn't know that. Cleveland, so same thing. You know, it's like at that time. Yeah, at it's that hard. time. Yeah. But by the way, Ohio represent all big cities in Ohio and probably the little ones. I've always had really rad riders. Yeah. Like banging wow. riders, dude. So respect to Ohio. Right on. So, um, but you have dirt jumping. Right. You have... Uh, Flatland, mm -hmm. which is the tricks on the ground. Yeah. And then you have park, which is like, oh, wow. say they don't say skate park anymore like bowls? because bowls, bowls. Yeah. transitions, right? Mm -hmm. And then you have street, which is ledges, flat rails. And then you have vert. Okay. Damn. So, yeah. yeah. But the thing about bikes that's different than, say, skating yeah. is you can ride a lot more different terrain. Mm -hmm. I could ride in the dirt. I could ride in the gravel. I could ride in the grass. It's true. Yep. You could, you know, I could ride in the snow. I could ride in the How rain. How about the sand? That's hard. No, I can't do sand. <laughs> <laughs> did you, did you so, ever that's race? That's a new one I'm starting. Yeah. No, we started out racing. Yeah, and so okay. we, we would do tricks in the parking lot. And so to me, what, what I wasn't really into the race scene mm -hmm. as much, but our whole crew was. We had a crew called the BMX Brigade. And that was about 50 of us. No, that's a little steep. Probably about 40 of us in Kansas that's City. Lot. Yeah, lot back in the day. So I see all these ride outs now. And it reminds me when I was like, we were in high school. It's cool. That was our scene. And dudes would come and go, but the route, like, we, we, were pay, we would pay dues to be in the BMX Brigade. Mm -hmm. And we would do our own all-day rides. I'll send you a flyer, wow. all-day ride that we have, you know, back in the day. So we all raced, but, like, I would be doing tricks in the parking lot. I didn't like racing as much because I just kind of felt like I, I'm really competitive with myself, not mm -hmm. so much with other people. Yeah. And that's where I fell more in love with freestyle because it's like, even though I've competed for 24 years, I never really felt like I was competing. I was always trying to just pull my tricks for right. me. And it just happened yeah. to be in that, in that element. You know, it wasn't like I'm going to contest and I'm going to, you know, I know people love that shit, yeah. that yeah, boxing mentality and yeah. shit, but it was never my thing. Like I never liked it really that much. Okay. Yeah. So racing, I felt like I didn't, it wasn't, I didn't want to outdo the dude that I'm racing against as mm -hmm. much to feel like, yeah, I'm a winner. I just, that's what I would just put my headphones on and jump and not really race. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, I would no, race, I but I'd be like right. trying to jump the jumps instead. Yeah. Were you rocking headphones back then when you, that's so cool because it's such a big thing in skateboarding now. Everybody's wearing the ear pods. Yeah. Uh -huh. And I, I didn't remember it from being back then that people would have their own music in their head. That's cool. You did it way back then. With, with a cassette. 
Cause why? Yeah. Now it's just like I see everybody watching the Olympics. Everybody's got earpods on. They're in their yeah. own little world doing it. It's just crazy. It's crazy, man. I don't yeah. know if I could do that, I would like to hear like my surroundings. Man. I would have loved be to hard have done that back then. Jeez, just yeah. block the world out. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, with headphones. Yeah. 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 You would you would too have liked it or not? I don't yeah. know. I, I never tried it. It'd be I think interesting. It would be you should. Interesting. Yeah. I, I always ride headphones to stay. Yeah. I, and especially if I'm by myself. Yeah. Because you know, keep yourself company or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but if I go riding on the street too. It's like, and I love music, so music's always been a huge, you know, from skating to yeah. riding, it's a huge motivator. Totally. For what we do. It went hand in hand, for sure. And so, so for me, like, racing with headphones, like, I remember Warped Tour, I used to have a mini disc player. Sick. And I landed on it. Oh, oh, shit. Worst thing in the world. My leg blew up twice its size. I was stuck on the bus for two days in the back, laying down. For landing on it? Yeah, because wow. that, that ligament on the side, I smashed into it. And Fuck. so with the little iPods, they're great because they're not really big. You're not going to get hurt if right. you're falling. Oh, I remember those, man. I still, that's why I still rock. You do? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, iPods were sick. Those little flat ones, man. They were so Dude, light. I got the little square one. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I, I still rock those. those. So, so how were you in school and stuff? Did you, were you focused on school? Or all you wanted to do was ride every day? No, I was good in school. Yeah. Yeah, my main thing was like to get good uh, to graduate. Nice. Okay. Because my mom, she had... Uh, so eight brothers and sisters total Jeez. and only one graduated high school okay so it was a big deal to like just graduate high school okay and so what happened to me was i graduated high school and most people my mom bought me a bike for graduation what was the first bike? well I, my first first bike was yeah. from a garage sale and so i pieced what, some shit what, together what, what was it i don't Huffy? even oh, you pieced it together okay. i don't even remember what remember it was Huffy? Yeah, Huffy? it was yeah, probably a huffy or a Huffy. mongoose or whatever wow okay. had a huffy. <laughs> but my my first bike put complete bike yeah. Was a 1987 Haro Master, which Ooh, is all these old school Haro. dudes. Yeah. All these old schools would love it right now. Yeah. Is that I'm, what I have, I'm is, loving it. Is yeah. that what I have in my backyard? Yeah, you had a yeah, Haro. I go in the backyard, I get a Shoei Skipping game. Max, it's like an OG Haro. I have it in my backyard. I'm wow, sure. dude, sick. So good. That's a collector's probably. Haro, okay. Like. So I got a complete bike for graduating, not a car. And my whole thing was is I wanted to be a pro bike rider. But that's 1987. Freestyle. Eh, yeah. 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 And Roddy Mullen style. Yeah, and my, my my buddy Dennis just became like the sponsor number one pro two years before that. It wasn't many people making money. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so I rode fourteen years before I actually started making like a set salary. Wow. So I would go do shows Lip and it. shit. Like I used to bust at the Olive Garden and shit. Mm-hmm. So I needed a bike to ride back and forth to work. So I got a new bike, but I also freestyled. So that motivated me. And so all I did was work. Didn't party. Didn't drink. Didn't smoke. Uh, rode. Uh, went to work. Rode. Every, all my money, lived in my mom's basement. All everything went into uh, uh, BMX gear and shit like that. Yeah, and like yeah. paying my own way to contests and shit like that because I was trying to make my, a name back then. Making a name for yourself. Sorry if I'm going on a rant. I'm sorry. No, I love that. Going back then to make a name for yourself was okay. I'm gonna go to this contest, AFA. I saved up my money. I got my tricks. I want to ride good and hopefully I'll land a photo on BMX Plus magazine. Right. And if I do, I'll Xerox that shit. <laughs> and then check it out and then i'll start to get some stats and then as i get stats going to a couple few of these then maybe if i have a couple photos because we didn't have good cameras sponsor. back then yeah i could send it into sponsors that's how i did it damn it was a grind That's super diy wow. super wow. diy i didn't but i learned that from a class i took in high school the only thing i could really take from high school was called mass media and it was about like uh you know what we're talking about promoting yeah. yourself marketing. sponsorships yeah. marketing and stuff and uh yeah, man, it was total DIY. And so I worked at the Olive Garden for seven years. Wow. And it wasn't until I was actually 
able to quit and do shows all year, yeah. but not all every day. It was enough to live off of, but yep. I still wasn't getting paid from a sponsor yet. So when you have to pay, so you just pay to compete, you just, it costs to enter contests. All of it. Wow. The, um, we're talking travel. We're talking expensive. Uh, totally. Yeah, dude. And like, we're talking, uh, uh, entry fee, but here's the deal. We would punk scrub it. Yeah. Meaning like I'm sleeping on floors and totally. cars. I'm not eating that much. Yeah. I, I got enough for the plane ticket and my entry fee and I'm good. Hopefully nothing happens. You know wow. what I mean? Yeah. Like, to be honest with you, that's how it was. And and did you start going to punk shows around the same time? It was earlier. Out there? Yeah, about, about 84, 85. And like, like what kind of bands would come through that area during that time? Man. Not many bands were really, really touring. No, not a whole lot. But, you know, there was a place called The Outhouse. I played there. I know that. Okay. So we saw. I saw a lot of bands there. Yeah. Verbal, Salt, I saw there. Ignition, I saw there. Uh, Fugazi, I saw there later. Yeah. Um, What's the guy's name with the dreads? He put the shows on. Oh, my God. It'll, oh, it'll come back to me in a sec. We, we've been. I know, in, I know who you're talking about. He's yeah. killing it now, but he booked all the shows. He had little dreads. He, oh, he, he's still he'd around. He'd be stage diving during the show. Now he went next level with booking shows. But Max is can't, uh, the Max spot. Yeah. yeah Max. Wait. No. no sorry. No. Bottleneck. Bottleneck was good, but the outhouse was in the middle of his field, and we were sick of it all in the early '90s. Mm -hmm. He still got to play there later on. Mm -hmm. I forget it. It would come to me later, but it's yeah. the middle of cornfields, dude. It is literally in the cornfields. I believe it. And incredible shows. <laughs> the shows would be packed out there, man. Right. And like, well, how many people you think would fit in there? Maybe two hundred. If you're yeah, lucky. Yeah, it just seems so much bigger. <laughs> if you're right. lucky, it did. It did. Because you were there. So yeah. It did. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you were. And it was just so. I mean, the stage. Remember, the stage was probably maybe two feet tall. So dope. You know, it was like I forgot his name, man. It'll come back. Wrong I saw Fugazi dreads. a lot there. Oh, that's it. Well, every year they came through from like 90, 90, 91, 92, maybe something like that, up to ninety three. I saw him in Florida in ninety three, but I saw him every year, something like that. I can't remember the exact dates, but I saw him a few times. You were going to shows. You were working at Olive Garden. You were fucking BMXing. Mm -hmm. Freestyle. That sounds pretty sick, though. Actually, it was pretty sick, and yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't really have much, man. Yeah. Uh, I lived in my mom's basement. I didn't have a relationship. Uh, I didn't have kids. You know, um, tight with your mom, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the thing is, is that I was just I wanted out, bro. Of course. No offense. Right. I wanted something better for myself. I wanted to go where everybody said, kept saying, "Oh, where are you from? Where are you from? Where are you from?" And Cali bound. Uh, yeah, and then I moved to St. I fell in love, moved to St. Louis. Okay. That was the disastrous relationship. Okay. okay. And so in ninety six was I the think first, I met her back then in the warp tour or something. Yeah, yeah, I think you did. Ninety six I did uh uh two weeks of warp tour. But January of ninety six, Airwalks like, Hey, we want you and Tony Hawk to go to Australia for the big day out tour. Wow. And who were your sponsors at that point? At that point, Airwalk was paying me, it was the only paying sponsor, and it was three hundred bucks a month. Sick. And here's and here's the deal. It paid my rent. That's yeah. what my rent was in St. Louis. That's so good. Se second, <laughs> second, uh, I I did shows with Matt Hoffman for years, Sprocket so, Jockeys. Yep. So I was able to stop busting tables and say, okay, if I do like this state fair for two weeks, it's gonna pay me like you know I don't know hundred bucks a day, fifteen hundred bucks. Great. And then the three hundred. So I got almost two grand for that month. Okay, and I was piecing it You're together. Balling, bro. Yeah. All his rent. <laughs> you know what I did one time? I got sponsored by Power Bar. I sent him a package. Oh. Oh, shit. I sent him my own shit. I still send out my own shit, bro. Yeah. I sent him his package and I didn't make nothing of it. And then like six months later, I get a box. It says, you're on our photo incident program. I was like, what's that? And it's like, <laughs> you get a little photo, it's 75 bucks. You get a full page color, it's 200 bucks. You get a cover, it's 300 bucks, whatever. So I got on the phone and called all the magazines. Hey, dude, shoot a photo of me holding up my power bar with my hat on. 
And they did it just so I could collect 75 bucks. Wow. I was hustling, bro. All you still angles. Hustle. I still see you posting all your sponsors and stuff. Like, <laughs> just that's what you got to do, man. Yeah. 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 Wow, dude. So so then you Airwalk pays you $300? They were paying me 300 bucks a month. And so they Sick. said, we want you to go, you and Tony Hawk to go to Big D Outdoor. Okay, check it out. Had I you met him yet? Yeah, I started doing shows with Tony at State Fairs in 92. Okay, exactly. First one when Joan Jett was playing on a stage. Yes! Sick. And a tornado awesome. came and it ripped off the whole stage. Wow. It was wild, bro. We had to bounce out Detroit. I remember. Anyways, sorry, sorry to go on this rant, but I just spit it out. 90, 90, uh, up to 95, 96, me and him went to Australia. And they're like, hey, we want you to go to the Big D Out Tour. And I know what the hell it was. Mm. Up to that point, I'd heard a Warp Tour because it was 95 yeah. that came out. I really wanted to be on that tour. It's like, fuck, that's a dream tour. Bands and shit and a ramp. Dude, yeah. that's what I'm doing in my backyard, bro, for years. Let's do this. And so I met Kevin Lyman in Australia on the Big Dial tour. Perfect. He was managing, I think, or working with Pornos for Pyros. Wow. Rancid was on that tour. Yeah. That's when I first met them. Uh, Rage was on that tour. Damn. So I went from like doing shows, if you could visualize, living in my mom's basement, or actually, sorry, no, I was in St. Louis at this point. Living in St. Louis, married, unhappy marriage. I'm going to Australia to do these shows. And I went from doing like state fair shows next to pig races and shit. Yeah. Okay? Real shit. Like Lexington, we're right now, you know, five people and we're killing ourselves for like 10 people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. To go to big day out tour of like 30,000 kids. Damn. The ramps right next to Rage Against the Machine playing. And I was like in a twilight zone. Yeah. Because me and Tony had already been friends. And Tony hadn't, I'm speaking to Tony Hawk, he hadn't reached that level of notoriety yet. Okay. Outside of skating. So people knew him in skating. Yeah. Right, right. But right. like he wasn't, wasn't a household house- name yet. Right. No, no. And I will say Tony's the same dude then and now. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. I mean, he seems like he's yeah. pretty grounded. I've only heard good things. Me yeah. too. Yeah. So love that. So just spin this story. Like, so we end up doing this uh, tour, and like, dude, I, I I think I got paid two grand to do the tour, and we were in five star hotels. I had my own hotel room, the kind where you put the key in, and like all the lights come on, and the jacuzzi and shit, and I'm on the beach, and I'm like, I was tripping, bro. I was used to five guys at the Red Roof Inn, yeah, for two weeks next to the pig races. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. So that's just how it is, man. I've earned everything. And like, I've just always been really grateful, you know, even to this yeah. day. But it was an experience. And Tony, every time uh, Zach De La Rocha would say, you know, fuck you, I won't do you what you tell me. So mm-hmm. I'm cussing here. But uh, he says that 16 times in that song. Wow. Tony did a McTwist. I might have heard about this. Wow. Every time. Damn. And Beastie Boys came out to that one because they were doing a band called Quasar. Yeah, I remember Quasar. Yeah, yeah. And they came to the show, and then me and Tony went and saw them in this little club. It was sick. It was That's just... amazing. So man. I went from like, and so then I felt like something was in the air. Yeah. Something's happening with mm-hmm. our sports. Something's happened with hip hop. Something's happened with punk rock. You mm-hmm. see this in the mainstream. Like, we got to be next in line. Yeah. And I met Kevin Lyman there. Yeah. And that's when I ended up doing uh, two weeks of 96 Warp Tour later on that year. Because yeah. I'll let you do two weeks and then. From then on, we built that relationship. But it's like being yeah. at the right place at the right time, you know? Totally. How yeah. many times did you do in the Warp Tour? You did 15 years. Wow. What? Yeah. Every single 15 in a row. No, I did the first 10 in a row. Wow. And then they. Nuts. <laughs> maybe maybe even more than that because. And you get paid by Warp, you get paid by your sponsors to be on that representing them. Well, that's how it works. Yeah, that's a good question. When we first did the first maybe 10 years of that tour, mm-hmm. I know for a fact, first 10 years, fans paid this. Okay. Even though I rode for Vans, if you didn't ride for Vans and you were hired as a skater, Vans still paid you. Okay. Okay. And then so it's like a weekly thing you get to be on the water school. Yeah. And then they took away the vert ramp. 
but okay. I still wanted to do the tour. So Monster Energy was a sponsor. Yeah. And I asked Monster, hey, can I go out on tour for you guys? Stay on the Monster bus, ride the mini ramp, and just represent and sign autographs and stuff. So I did that for Monster for four of those years. Sick. And then the last year that we just did, they were just weekends. Yeah. You, know, you were there. I you saw did that. You. Yeah. I mean, so I, I consider that a year, but it's not really officially like it is, but it's yeah. not a tour. So you, you, so you started making a living off of this. You weren't working any of the jobs, just straight BMX and bro, right? it was day and night. And so then it was like, okay, cool. And I, since I had a, a history in the, in the marketing from school and learned a, little, yeah. a bit about it and I'd already seen a response from power bar and understanding like I could make this shit work. I've been Xerox and photos and going on your contest. own shit. Yeah. Yeah. And so I became my own managed manager pretty much. Damn. And then the second it started cracking, I knew right in my mind, like, Oh, I'm getting coverage now. I'm gonna reach out to people, and then I just, and then it was easier. Yeah, because then you, we were hot. We're like, oh, yeah. these X Games guys and shit. What's mm -hmm. going on? And uh, and so all this time, I've been my own manager. I've it's always amazing, man. And so, were there other BMXers on the Warped Tour besides? You? I don't remember more. Maybe it must have been, but yeah, like we only knew you because we hung with you and saw you all the time. You know, dude. First time I saw you, you, you brought me a freaking shirt. I did. <laughs> I wish I still had it. You brought me a Johnny Cash shirt of him flipping off. Oh, that's right. That's an OG shirt. And yeah. we were at Asbury Park at the abandoned hotel. I remember oh, you sitting yeah. in your van right there, like the Damn. other day. Damn. Is that is that where the inspiration comes from? Obviously, the, the biker in black is from. Oh, that's Johnny all Cash. from Johnny Cash. Yeah, that's your favorite guy. Like yeah. big inspirations for you. Yeah, I love him. But wow. I can't bite his shit, you know, because he's a man in black. So I figured I'm the biker in black. Yeah, <laughs> but you stuck with that forever. The whole. All black everything, always, man. Since like 97. You don't rock any colors. No, I went through a phase where I was going through a third divorce. I know, I know. You said third divorce? Yeah. Wow. I've been married three times. And what was your color? That's a whole other story I could tell you right yeah, now. Yeah, I loved it. What's your, what was your color? We were, I just got, it wasn't I, black. I was going through a lot. Let's check it out. At, at that time, there was a lot of jealousy of me and my sport because I was in video games and cribs and, you know, man, you, we know each other. That's right, you see, we're, doing, That's right. we're doing all kinds of shit. I'm in movies and doing this and the, the industry just got, you know, at that time got a bit jealous and they didn't realize that like, that's my personality side. Mm -hmm. That wasn't my BMX side. My yeah. BMX side showed my personality, which allowed me to do other stuff. Yeah. So if I'm doing this TV show, that doesn't mean that I'm like the X Games champion. Technically, when people do TV shows, it's after their competitive career. Yeah. I was doing it while I was competing. So I was double dipping. So people were tripping on that. Yeah, they got jealous quite a bit. And so what happened with that, though, the backlash, and I forgot what you asked me about. I'll just go on this rant. It's okay. Is a lot of sponsors bailed out. And then I started to get a bad rep. Like I became a black sheep. And at that time when we were doing, like, uh, uh, what was it? The, did we do the Yo Holler? Were you in that? No, no. When we did the Trig stuff. Oh yeah, 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 yeah Okay, yeah, right. Yeah. During that little bit after that time, I couldn't keep my house. Uh, my my bills were. I was in over my head. Yeah. And you go from like living in your mom's basement to making good money for twenty years. Yeah. And then just because you get these opportunities and you're out there on your own without a crew, you're getting you're getting scrutinized. But really, you're. There's no reason for it. It was all jealousy. It's because you did mall cop and you started doing like triple X movies. People, were, people, why would they be bummed about that? I don't well, I went to acting. Well, I went to acting school anyways. I worked for them. Yeah. And so, like, you only have to be a BMXer. Only you can't do anything else. Well, it's you because they. I mean? Well, they associate it. They'll say like, yeah. Well, well, he doesn't do this trick, therefore I should have this. And I said I disagree. I'm like, but in our worlds, if you do that one trick and no one wants to like embrace anything you endorse because of it eh, 
Yeah. But he, I mean, you know, personality helps carry things. Yeah. And, and so I had to learn a lot, dude. And mm. so what happened to me was I was going through this phase. It's old. It's old. That's an old story. Yeah. Yeah. But I was going through this phase and I got like, I felt real alone and I felt really down. And, and, and so now my third wife wants to leave. Uh, I got two kids this time. Awesome I, kids, man. Yeah, yeah. Man. Thanks, dude. And I had to like, I, I had this house in Beverly Hills. People go, we be in Beverly Hills. I for? remember that house, man. I remember the yeah. house. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, screw you. I worked for this. Yeah. Like, I never, I never was like, I didn't have it to where I felt like it made me feel like I was better because I had it. It's like mm-hmm. I just landed there. But it, since I you landed, really came there, from a basement in fucking Kansas. That's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah. It's, yeah so I got real depressed, and I felt like no one was my friends. Yeah. Uh, but all that time, bro, I didn't drink. I didn't do drugs. Uh, I didn't, uh, I was trying to hold on to everything. Yeah. And and so I had to start over and got rid of all that stuff at that time and moved back in an apartment. A little 900 square foot apartment. Wow. Overpriced in Sherman Oaks. And how was that, how was that going to that? Was that crazy? Yeah. That, yeah. But you know what I did, bro? I finally stopped. And I said, dude, I need to make change. Uh, meaning that like, I have to, there's a reason why I've been attracted to this these three mm-hmm. times, right? And I did, uh, I reprogrammed. Okay. You know, I did it. How? Subconscious Napoleon Hill. There we go. The master of PMA. They can grow rich. Yeah. Success with positive mental attitude. That OG. homie invented that shit. That's amazing, man. Okay. He's got lectures online. Yep. 10 hours. It's called In His Own Words. You did those. I just got it and started listening to it. Nice. And then I started to pick up. I'm like, wait a second. So the subconscious mind never goes to bed. It only gets what you think and say. So wait, I get it. So that's why they said don't fall asleep in front of the TV. Because you're just listening to this shit. Yeah. But wait a second. If you get what you think and say, if you always say, if someone asks you something, how you doing? You always say tired. That means you're going to be more tired because you're telling yourself you're tired. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. that's what it's finding you. Yeah. So I tested this shit, dude. I'm going to bug out right now. Okay. So I was like, yo, I want to buy a Jeep. I didn't have the money to buy a Jeep. I was in no position to buy any car new at all. <laughs> but I said, I want to buy a Jeep. I tested it. I don't yeah. know why. Something just told me to test it. And then the only thing I noticed was Jeep's on the road. Jeep's on the road. You ever do that? Like, Once damn. You ha- everybody has one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because your subconscious mind is on yeah. it. Yeah. So I'm yeah. like, whoa, this shit works. So then I got some other books, audio books. So I thought, wait a second. If you And I was honest with myself. I was afraid to be alone. I was a people pleaser. Yeah. And I had a lot of self-guilt. And I think our society lays a lot of guilt constantly. But you have I had, like punk rock success guilt? Like, no. You, should, you, should, you shouldn't have all this money and all this stuff? You didn't deserve it or anything like that? Or no, no, it wasn't because of the industry. It was more because of the way I was raised. Okay. So I had a lot of guilt with that. Gotcha. And so I found literature that would help me, and I would listen to these books because I thought, wait a second. I'm reprogramming while I sleep. Yeah. It's listening. It's listening. Dude. Years and years of listen. I don't listen anymore because I've I've, I've registered. Yeah. In in me, I would listen to uh, books and it would help me change. You know, not to get into the same kind of relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you know, and learn that like when I'm telling you a story right now, in my mind I'm saying that you heard me say earlier that's an old story. Yeah. Because I want my subconscious mind to understand that's not what this is now. Yeah. That's what that was. That was like your therapy for you. Yeah, but see, people don't know that, and mm-hmm. they if you keep. If you keep talking about what's here, then you're going to get the same result, right? Yeah. And I was getting the same result, man. And I was letting my anger get in the way. Uh, it was holding me back. And Were you angry towards the BMX the community, world. the world, everything? Yeah. Did yeah. you ever want to quit? 
no, no. I mean, maybe when I was like, I quit for like a year when I was like 16 because okay, I fell yeah. and got hurt. Yeah, yeah. It's but it's because yeah. my parents took my bike away and shit. And I was like, well, I feel like this bike saved your life in so many ways. Absolutely. And that's and why that's I still ride. I know. You fucking rode here. You parked down the street and rode up the street <laughs> to my house. <laughs> it's just comes, yeah, he did. Yeah. Just comes part of you. I, I don't I know why. That. I don't know why I went on that story, but I just no, wanted I love to. That. You sparked somewhere earlier, like you thought I was from California. I just started yeah. thinking about like all the times of the rise and the fall and the this and the up and the down. But, you know, I like myself a lot better now. Mm, and right. I'm learning. Yeah. And I'm learning to enjoy the things you have and not feel bad because you have things. Well, you don't have too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exa- yeah, yeah. exactly. That's Absolutely. fucking crazy. Yeah, so so Yeah, I want to get into I want to get into some of your injuries too because I know we played the show. I saw you at the Jersey Warp Tour, one of the last ones ever, and you got really hurt on one of those shows. Maybe it was a Cali one, like hospitalized. Yeah. I mean, is that I know your whole face has been your whole head's been peeled back. I know you have fake teeth. You have all kinds Hold of Hold on, let me move my arm. You have, no, he's got seriously fucking <laughs> yeah, crazy. You were telling pa- me the so like what was that one? That was was it your femur? What was that? No, dude. That was gnarly in the hospital. It was crazy. I fell okay, a simple trick. <laughs> uh, X up. It's a setup air. X up. Air, alley oop, X up, setup. And next thing I know, I'm like waking up in like this tent. What's going on? Kevin Lyman's standing there. Steve Andor's standing there. And my chest hurt like shit. I was like, dude, oh. They're like, you need to go to the hospital. I didn't have health insurance then. Oh, boy. People are like, you're an idiot. <laughs> you know what? I got away nine years without having it. Yeah. I'm a single dad with two kids. Wow. You know what I'm saying? I was yeah. trying. I was, it was, it's not been an easy building back road. Yeah. Okay? And uh, I said, no, nah, man, I think I just broke a rib. And like, they're not going to do anything for that. So they said, all right. So, Had you broken a rib before? Yeah. I'm sure. I, bro- I broke a rib once where it was popping in and out in between my X Games runs and they would pop it in. Oh my God. And people were like, what are you doing? I'm like, dude, I worked my ass off all year to get here. All I got to do is ride these three Fuck runs. Fuck this rib. I'm fucking doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. So, so check this story out. This is crazy. So then I'm like, all right, I'm cool. I'm going to just hang out. And, and oh, oh. And so all night, it was me, a soy, cab, uh, all the riders there, Omar. We went out to eat and I'm like, and at the time, I was still, uh, okay, I'll say this, and I don't vape anymore, but I was vaping. Yeah. Here's something about me people don't know is I smoked for 17 years, and then I vaped for three, thinking yeah. it was going to be better. Check this story out. And the re- there's a Cigarettes, why, right? Yeah, and there's a reason why I'm telling you this. Because Max told you to quit that one time. Yeah, Max told me to quit. <laughs> he did, and I was like, he's right, but I'm not quitting. <laughs> I go ahead. Okay, so, so, so I was like, man, like... And that was my only vice, and I didn't start smoking until I was thirty-five, which is crazy. Wow! What the hell? You started smoking at thirty-five? And you know what? Wow. I, you know, and you know what? I would convince myself. I'd say like, "Well, I could breathe better because it opens up my lungs, and and I could, and it, yeah." <laughs> Holy shit! I know, I know. I was in denial, but I quit now. I'm good. I quit. Okay. So, and this is why. Open up my lungs to breathe. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't do drugs or drink. Yeah, your whole life it seems like. No, Jesus. and I always hated smoking, and I don't know Damn, what it was. That is it just, so bizarre. It happens, bro. Yeah, I just, you were going through a lot of shit too, divorces, yeah. all that shit. Yeah, bro. but I just thought I was cool. You know what I mean? Right. And then I realized I wasn't. Johnny Cash smoked. <laughs> See, there you go. It's not that cool. Yeah. All right. Anyway, go ahead. Hey, buddy. So we're not so, promoting cigarettes at all in here. I'm telling no, you. no, we're not. No, and I'm, I'm only using it as a reference to like the story. I want to hear the story. Go ahead. Okay, so. I'm up all night and shit. We're going out and like we went and got sushi and I was like, oh, I'm barely moving. And I stayed up for like two in the morning and I went to bed sitting up because I knew if I laid down, getting up, we'd be yeah. like, no way, dude. So in the morning, I'm rooming with Dennis McCoy. 
and he's leaving. And I said, I'll just meet you at Warp Tour. And I'm just sitting there going, dude, that sucks. A whole nother day of Warp Tour, then I'm going to go home on Monday because this happened on Saturday. Yeah. So I said, I'm just going to Uber to Warp Tour, try to find some pain medicine. Was that Jersey or no? No, it was Cali ones. Santa, Santa Clara, okay, Santa, yeah. Clara or Santa Rosa. Okay. And I don't take pain medicine. Besides, I take some CBD nowadays, yeah. but but no, I've never been on painkillers. Mm-hmm. So I was always rough it out. But I'm like, dude, this hurts really bad. I want to see if I can just get some pain medicine to tie me over yeah. to get on the plane tomorrow to go home and then I'll handle it. And I, I, I Ubered a warp tour and I couldn't walk very well. And then I meet up with Kevin and he's walking normal. We're going to the medic tent. He's walking normal. And I go, dude, slow down. I can't keep up with you, man. I can't breathe very well. He's like, you need to go to the doctor. You need a hospital. I'm like, no, dude, it's just my rib. I know it is. Then Steve Van Doren shows up. And then I couldn't breathe very well. So they're like, look, dude, you need to go to the doctor. So finally, I go, okay, take me to the hospital. We go to one hospital. And the first one we went to, and they said, hey, we can't work on you here. You need to get an ambulance go to another hospital. I was like, well, what's going on? And they didn't tell me. So I show up at another hospital. And it's like on the movies, bro. They open the doors. There's like eight people there ready. Like, get them. One's got the IV. Like, hurry up. Let's go. Let's move. It's oh, a sense of urgency. Man. And I'm like, okay, this is gnarly. What's going on? Now, all along, I think I just broke a rib. Oh, man. As he puts the IV in me, and I'm getting ready to like fade out. I'm like, what? what's, uh, what's going on? And he goes, uh, he said to me, and I'll say it like how I interpret it. He goes, you, you got blood in your lungs. Wow. And I went, what? <laughs> Holy shit. Turns out I broke seven ribs, <gasps> my clavicle bone, fractured my T2 vertebrae, and I had two liters of blood in my lung. Holy oh, shit, dude. Now you have about four to five liters in your body. That so sounds I, perfect too, though. So yeah. I was bleeding out Holy from the inside. Shit. If I would have got on that plane on Monday, I'd probably over. be dead. Been a rap for you. So I owe Steve Van Dorn and, and Kevin Lima my life, dude, for real. Holy shit, dude. And so then, so then here I am, 12 days in the hospital with the chest tube. I'm like, man. But, you know, I handled it. I handled <laughs> it. Did. I got home. Wow. And I finished filming my 50 at 50. That's right. Your 50 your tricks are 50. Yeah. I was in the middle of filming. I'm like, I'm going to just handle it. And like two weeks later, I'm riding again. And dudes are like, what the hell? That's a, Here's wow. what happened. An artery, artery went out my lung. And my feeling... You, anyone out there listening, you have your own opinion. I have my opinions about my body and what happened to me. That shit was from vaping. I don't care what you say because vaping supposedly weakened arteries and 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 blood vessels. And so the crash combined with that. Yeah, I've never broke. I've never my arteries never bled out because I slammed before. Even I've been knocked out. I've been wow. knocked out like thirty or forty times. It wasn't like it was that high of a trick. I wasn't that high. I was only maybe three or four feet out. It's just a I, trick you've done a million times. Yeah, but it's, I hooked up, and it happens. But like the reality is, is that like, uh, you know, I can't say, but like I did a lot of research while I was in the hospital about that because I'd heard of like popcorn lung and shit like that. Yeah. Anyways. So for me, I thought I don't even be doing this shit anyways. And I quit. I'm done. And that's been almost two years, two years since that happened. Yeah. I don't care to go back. I don't people that smoke before go. Sometimes I miss it. I don't. It's all, I don't, I don't miss any of it. That's crazy. You made that correlation. Like you looked it up and realized that's nuts, man. Mm. I need to make a change. Yeah. But see, I'm that kind of person, dude. I just recently lost 29 pounds. I saw you post about that. Yeah. And, and changing your diet and shit. Yeah. That's it. And so I'm always been that way for the longevity of thinking like, you know, you guys are on stage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be putting your arm up and the gut hanging out. Like, you don't want to look, you want to feel good about yourself up there. Yeah. Same with writing. And so I've always been that dude to like, to evaluate, okay, what's going on? And then 
make adjustments. Yeah, you're in tune with your body for sure. That, I wasn't so much in tune intimately with relationships yeah. gotcha. and those issues. And that's what I had to get in tune mm. with that. That's why I did all that programming. With my body, yeah. it's been easy. It's like, oh, that okay, I figured that out. So that was your worst, it doesn't seem like that's your, was your worst bail. I guess it was. You've been in the hospital for that long. No, I had my face peeled off before. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I had the loading dock. Face peeled. This whole, yeah, this. Yeah. At the corner I of a loading dock. you tell the story. Yeah, let's, I know let's Toby hear. was like, yo, he had his face peeled. I was like, what do you mean this face I mean, how many teeth are off? fake in your mouth? Four. Four fake teeth. And your whole skin had to be peeled back. Amazing. See, they look great, though. You pushed them out. You pushed them out. You take I, them out. I, I just saw that. Yes, okay. I did. But like you peeled your skin down the front, like almost some Frankenstein shit, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, what happened is, is I hit this. There was Okay, you skate. You guys yeah, get it. Yeah. You ride. There's there's this wall about, I don't know, about that wide. What is it about? Maybe six inches wide, maybe. Okay. A, just a wall. Yeah. It went along a sidewalk, and the sidewalk went down, and the wall got taller. And at the end of the sidewalk, there was an alley and a loading dock. Okay. So my bright idea was, I'm going to jump up on that wall, ride along it, and gap over to the loading dock. wasn't that far, mm-hmm. but what happened was, when I went to, you know how you kind of got an alley-oop off stuff? Yeah. My front wheel fell off, and I fell the forward. The wheel fell off. No, no, the wheel didn't fall oh, off. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. It just, it just, I didn't pull up at enough yeah, time. Yeah. So my wheel went down, and I went face first into the loading dock. Hit the corner of it right here underneath oh. my nose. Landed on my feet. I was like... That was the brightest light I've ever seen, and I felt all this fluid leaking down the back of my throat. It's like, what the fuck is this? I bit down. I thought it was my fake teeth. I popped them out. I bit down again. I felt my whole face moving. Oh, my God, dude. So I had fake teeth at that point. Yeah, holy shit. I put my thumb in my mouth, I guess, and I was like, I could move my whole rack up and down. So I was like, all right, dude, I can go, doctor. Hospital. They said, go home for a few days. We're going to let the swelling go down. That's what they said, and then we're gonna have, and then we're gonna have surgery. So what happened is my face swelled up. You couldn't even see my chin, dude. It was horrible. Holy shit! Okay, and they said, listen, before surgery, you might lose all sense of taste and smell. If you do, don't worry. Hopefully, it'll come back. You got the COVID. Yeah, I, 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 I might have brought that shit over. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Back <laughs> Okay, go ahead. Go. I'm joking. I know. Go ahead. So, so, so what happened was I fucking hit this thing, and. Uh, the, the end result was, is, right. is they cut my head from ear to ear. They pulled my skin down. They took fat from my stomach to stop the leak from my brain. That was the salty shit I was feeling down the back of my throat. I spit out. Your brain was leaking into yeah. your throat? Yeah, down the back. Okay. Bro, dude. So then they, they cut my, I had double vision. So they cut me here and they have a, a screw Saw that. right here. So I had a hairline crack and a break. And then what happens is, n- normally what happens, what I've learned, is that what breaks next is your palate. And then a triple break would be your jaw. But I broke... Boom, boom, not the jaw. Okay. Oh, my so God, dude. So the palate, they cut my face and lifted it and put screws and plates. And so I had a tracheotomy. Mm-hmm. The whole deal. Woke up with one long stitch across my head, double vision, no sense of taste and smell. And I was like, what am I going to do? <laughs> so I laid in bed. I visualized riding and shit because the X Games were coming up. That's what I was going to ask you. And How you this And they were two months, two or three months away. So oh, you got, you got that. I'm like, I'm going. I'm going. <laughs> Oh, I fucking went. Yeah, I got seven plays. What's up? Holy shit. And dudes are like, dude, you shouldn't go. I'm like, fuck that. Like, dude, and I've had weird injuries. But listen, man, I also think that I've had these injuries because I had to grow to where I am today. I get hurt less nowadays Uh because I'm more mentally focused. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. All that programming helped me in a lot of different ways. It's a hard way to learn. It's fucking great. So you've broken almost... Broken arms, legs, everything? Arms, uh, both legs, knee surgery, shoulder surgery. I tore my urethra. Had to wear a piss bag for a month. 
Holy shit, like like uh, they do from Jackass did that too. Her. Oh yeah, I had to wear a piss bag, bro. I did that in Santa where's that? Santa Santa Rosa or whatever. The the old skate park up San Jose Skate Park. That's where it was. Wow, dude. My chain broke and I racked myself, bro. This is back in ninety two. And we drove a van from fucking you, so Kansas you broke City. Your, broke your dick in a sense, or basically, yeah. But here's a hit, and I had a tear in my urethra. Oh my god! And that affects your peeing and all that shit, right? Oh, I'm a sprinkler. <laughs> oh my god, dude! To this day, dude, you better watch out. So all, all <laughs> you better check your bathroom. I just went. Yo, all those, <laughs> yo, all those bails. You've never once said, "I'm done with this shit." No, dude. That's be, amazing. No pain medicine. No drugs to rely on. What? No, I, mean, I don't know. You might not be human. I'll be part animal, part I machine. Know. I mean, you know, lines. you both know as well as I do. It's mind over freaking matter, no, bro. I, I, absolutely. I mean, I was just gonna say, like, what goes through your mind as you're healing? Because I fell into a horrible, quick depression. You know, I never get hurt, and so I was hurt my first time. What happened? I broke my ankle. And Couple I was months with, ago. I was, oh, that's right. I saw that. Okay, and yes. I was with Cab and his soy. And, and, they, were, and they were doing the old talk up like, oh, bro, you just rolled your ankle. It's nothing. You're good. You're good. And I was like, no, I, I think it's it's not good. It's <laughs> it's. I've never seen anything like this. I've never had pain like this. And it was broke, you know, nine pins, two plates. And in the end, but sitting there, I fell into a horrible kind of like and you get in your head when you're sitting there by yourself mm -hmm. i'm watching people walk by my house and shit and i was like man i took that for i didn't really take it for granted but i was really mm. angry like i was really upset at myself like i'm such an idiot i'm such an idiot i'm such an idiot i could just be walking i just want to walk just walk be natural i miss that feeling and then it was hard not to go deep yeah. into a depression so Absolutely. how do you keep you're so positive. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I think I think visualize. It, yeah, visualizing, but also too like, I don't know, man. You know, dude, it's like when you love what you do. Yeah, you heal quicker. You know, we used to have this theory, and I'm not saying you mm -hmm. when I say this, but I, I have this theory. A lot of people don't like their jobs, right? Facts. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't like their life probably or situations, and they want to change it, but they start to, and then they they lose confidence. That's yeah. just my opinion. Right. For me, being out, not being able to ride. Oh, no. Right. That makes me, I'm already going, how many months, doctor? Yeah. I cut it in half. Count that shit down. Always right, cut right. it in half. Six yeah. months, uh, two and a half tops. That definitely. Yeah, and, I'm, and my mind's in it, and I'm watching it. My mind's in it, and the music, and listening to music. And, and you know, and, and, you, and the longer you do things, there's little tricks. I also work a lot on my body, uh, releasing, uh, it sounds weird, I know it sounds so weird, but releasing tension. Yeah. Uh, but like, like really, <laughs> really, Where is this going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Re really, really like deep. <laughs> see your hand being, making uh -oh. a fist. You're making, <laughs> no, release this tension. But you know, you know how to like, your body can release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know how to work. I know how to say like, and I know how to work on my kids. I tell my son, cause I saw this guy for like 20 something years in Orange County. He taught me a lot about neuromuscular massage therapy, the art of acknowledging pain and accepting it. Therefore it goes away wow. when, you, when you hold on to it. He's very spiritual. He taught me about ionized water. My kids have always drank ionized water uh, awesome. from the house. Yeah. So wow. he's taught me a lot about like fluidity and like how you speak. And you know, he'd be the kind of guy where I'd be like, he's working on me and he's, he's ranching into my rib cage with a rock. Like shit. You'd be like, and I'm laughing. Ah, why am I laughing? Ah. He's like, you've been holding in laughter wow i'm like oh this mother 
<laughs> you know what I mean? And he told me about where you hold anxiety, worry, and fear in your belly and stuff like that. Wow. And so I could look at my son when some plays football and I go, stand there. You're out of alignment. I need to work on that calf. Like he used to do me that. Mm. And I was like, this guy's a Jedi. But this, he taught me how to work on myself because he didn't want to do that his whole life. So wow. I took what he, and this is like a song for 20 years. Yeah. So I'm able to say like, if I get tension somewhere, it's always opposite. Like, okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if your knee's hurting, you're like, damn, that tension could be in your ankle and it's pulling down on yeah. the knee. Right. Everything's connected. Yeah. yeah. So I've learned how to keep my body in alignment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm, and that helps. Yeah. And, and, and like you were saying about like, you continue to do it because you love it. I'm pro probably the first thing you thought when you broke your ankle was like, yo, I got to play a show. Yeah. Yep. How am I going exactly. to perform? How am I going to do what and I love? And that was the the first thing that ran through my mind. I was like, how am I going to stand up on stage? You know, I got to get back on stage and I want to be able to run around on stage. Mm -hmm. I want to feel natural, you know, on stage. At and least it happened when it did happen, though, during yeah. the pandemic. True. True. How's yeah. it now, though? I don't know. I mean, it's it, yeah, it goes through phases. You, you know, it's it's weird because them. I was like really anxious, like yo, it's coming back. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> I'm already was like, oh, the boot can come off. Then I was like, yeah, the boot is off. I'm already walking. I'm gonna do this physical therapy. I don't think I did it very well, but I was so anxious about going out, and so I was like, oh, I want to be hiking again. So I was doing that, and it was fine. And then it got to a point where it just started hurting on the other side of the ankle, like nerve damage on, or like nerve. I could feel the tension, not on the side that was broken, on the other yeah. side of it. And I was like, what is going on? And then I started doing research and it was like, ah, oh, it's like this jogging type injury that a lot of joggers have with this stretched nerve across from the toe mm. to the heel. And I was like, ah, oh, this is driving me nuts. So now <laughs> I wake up, you know, every now and then it's just like, like somebody has like a knife, like just chiseling, it. chiseling it into my and the ankle. Yeah. Oh wow. And so it's just like a uncomfortable feeling of just sitting for a long time. Yeah. And it's just weird. So the other day we're hiking, fine, no yep. pain, nothing, flexing, and then two days later it's just like pain, excruciating, stiff again. Weird. Do you ever massage it? Yeah, and that helps. Like of I got this tool where you get hardcore. And I have the ball, you know, I run it on top of my do foot you, on top of the ball. And it feels but do you do cool. other parts of your legs too? Because sometimes it could pull and you could compensate like like your quadriceps a lot right. and your hamstring. Like I recently I recently hurt my leg, uh, my uh, right calf right underneath my knee and it was bulging out, tendon right there and it hurt like shit. Damn. For like, it was bulging, but I knew it was tension because mm. I was standing, bruck. So I had to figure out where it was. It turns out where I located the tension was in the hip. Right. Wow. So I yeah. purposely got to take this tool that's really like a tool, wooden tool, and say, let's do this and relax and drive it into the spots. But also I had to work my quadriceps mm -hmm. on the outside. And what I normally do is I lay on my back and imagine putting one foot up to where you, uh, your knee's up. And right. then take the other leg, and if this is your calf, and you bounce it up and down on the kneecap. Okay. So your kneecap kind of serves as like that rock. Mm -hmm. right and if you've ever worked behind your knees or on your calves they're super sensitive yeah but you go yeah you, you go layer and layer and you get more and, more and that takes a lot of tension off of your ankle right because it could pull down from the behind the knee and there's two different sides so it could pull down on the inside which is creating it to hurt on this side right interesting it, yeah that is interesting yeah i mean i think i need to do some serious physical therapy of course or even even taking that rock thing and putting it into your, under your like right now i'm, I'm gonna massaging try. under my kneecap right a little tension it's but when you when you first feel pain naturally you want to go ah, and protect it <laughs> yeah. yeah so if you protect it 
well, it's not going to release. Mm-hmm. So it's a weird, I'd always put myself on the beach, even when I'm working on myself. Right, right. Like, like it's so much. And mental. then you just feel the pain and then you just kind of, you feel your body kind of release in a sense. You actually feel the release. Right. Do, do you do exercising too besides BMX? That's a full on. Sit ups. Yeah. Sit ups, push ups. Okay. I don't go. No really weights or nothing like that. Yeah. No, I probably should, but I, I used to, but mm-hmm. it was always light weights. You know, I always wanted to, because I, I believe also too, there's a lot of strength and flexibility. Yeah. Some dudes get too big and yeah. their arms go back anymore. They tear. Right. You know, so yeah. you kind of got to have a balance. Mm-hmm. Do, you Be still, a, do you still get royalties from all cop? Hell yeah, dude. It was a massive wow. movie. It was like a sleeper. Dude, hit. the last one was good too. I'm not, yeah, it's not my business, but like, it, he's in a big, that's a big movie. No, dude, over the last. Maybe like three or four after that. Dude, yeah, and I want to be in the next one. What's I'm up? So insane. How'd you get in the mall cop? How, you were just acting at that point and just yep. doing auditions? Yeah, and I didn't even know I was writing in it, actually. Wow. Because I went to the audition, you go by yourself, you get a call back. And so then they're like, okay, well, take over the mall. You're like, all right, like, how would you take over the mall if you had a gun? Okay. And then you got the. The producer and the director at this time is the callback. Everybody's there. Kevin James wasn't there though. Okay. And I was just like, you know, everybody down on the ground. You know, I'll call you motherfuckers. You start doing some crazy <laughs> shit. And, uh, and then they're like, okay. And then it's weird when you do auditions. I don't know if you guys have ever done them. You probably no. have, but you kind of do your thing. And then you, you kind of look at them like, yeah. So did I get it? <laughs> you know what I mean? And they're just looking like straight totally face. Straight face. Like, like, oh, yeah. thanks. Thank you. Thanks, thanks for, for coming out. Yeah, yeah. Hi, yeah. And you're like, well, like, tell me if I got this shit. I felt good to me. Did was it good to we'll you? Let you know. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, yeah. And you're like, no, no, I want to know now. You know? <laughs> and so then uh, they called me back and said, yeah, you got it. And so the, and, wow. and and then we they they said bring your bike. And then I was like, what? And then we did a table read, and that's when I realized I saw Valeli there, Ellis. Escamilla. That's right. For ladies in the van driving by, right? Yeah. No, he's oh, also that, in the. Well, no, that's in, that, that's in Hangover or something like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that's in Hangover. And Mall Cop is where he actually has a scene where they 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 uh, on a wire from the top of the wow, mall and they're fighting. That's right. Wow. Because we man. did our own stunts. So what was cool about Mall Cop is, in movies, if you don't have certain in your SAG, if you don't have certain amount of time off and you get called in, that's called a forced call in, okay. and you get paid anywhere. I don't know. Back then it was five hundred bucks. Might be more now, just to show up. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then you work overtime. So when you're working overtime, you know you're going to get a forced call, right? Yeah. Because you don't have enough, by the union union standards that you have time off. So for six weeks, we had overtime and forced call-ins. Wow. On top of our weekly rate, on top of our stunt adjustments, because we did our own stunts. That's amazing. So you get paid for the stunts separate than your acting, and then you had lines. So all in all, like that movie did really well for me over the years. It's amazing. It's like, yeah. like, like, and it just goes to show you that like when you're, if you're a baller actor like Clint Eastwood, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And years and decades and decades of movies. Yeah. I think it's different for the big, big actors because they get a flat fee and I don't know if they get yeah, yeah. royalties or not. You know, they might. Yeah. But for us, it's like, in, so the stunt world gets theirs, but when you're doing both, and that was the first time I'd ever done both. And then you have to be SAG after that? You get on that I was, automatically? I was already SAG. Oh, perfect. Because I did, I did, uh, I did uh, Triple X. Was that before that? Vin Diesel? Oh, tri- okay. Yeah, I used to do a show for ESPN called X Today. Okay. And it was an hour-long show, and I did it for five years for ESPN. And they said, hey, we're going to Philly X Games, and you're going to interview Vin Diesel. And I said, who's that? I literally didn't know. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, just in my own world, right? Just before he's, you know. And uh, they said, oh, he's this big actor. He just did these movies and this. I go, okay, cool. I didn't know him. So I inter- and when I saw him, <laughs> I go, oh, I know. I recognize him now. Right, yeah. And I interviewed him. This is back in 2000, something like that. And so I interviewed him and he came to the X Games to see how like our X culture functions. Yeah. As an actor, he's doing his homework because 
in Triple X, he's Xander, and he could do all these sports and he yeah, could yeah. snowboard and do stuff. it all. Yeah, you seen Triple X, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes, he, Triple X. He, he he put me in the movie. Wow. After I interviewed him, he said, "I like your style. I want you in the movie." So cool. That's cool. It's it was way cool, dude. He was super cool to me. And I was like, okay. And like, I went from like <laughs> two days ago not knowing who he was, and now I'm like going to this movie, and I still was kind of like just going with it. Like, right. I don't know. I knew it was a big production, it's a but big I'm like, movie too, man. I don't know. Yeah, big production. That was the first Triple X because there's more than one, isn't there? There's yeah. three. Oh, Ice wow. Cube did one. Ice Cube did one. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. In the first one of that too, that was a big movie too. Yeah. And so, so what happened with that was, uh, I was able to t- when when you make enough money, but not enough to be SAG. There's a thing, I think they, they called it like a Taft-Hartley is what I think it's called. And you could pay a little bit more to become SAG, and I just did it. Yeah, fuck it. So nice. I've been a member for over Smart. 20 years or whatever. Did you know Kevin, what's-his-face from uh, King of Queens before Mall Cop? No, but he's the coolest guy in the world. Yeah, you, you didn't know him either, right? Yeah. No, he walked Amazing, up and shook man. hands, knew everybody's name. Like, mm-hmm. hey, hey, Mike Vallely, nice to meet you. Hey, Jay Zellis, nice to meet you. Hey, Rick Thorne, nice to meet you. And I never Dope. met him. Nice. I was like, Respect. this guy is like on it. Cool. That's so crazy. I didn't know who neither of these people were, but you, the first big, those are big movies, man. They're huge. Awesome, man. And I wasn't accepted, but we did stunts. They had a ramp, and they didn't end up showing it. And that was another <laughs> one where I wish they would have. It was right. like me, Chad Fernandez, Curtis Colomonaco. They had a vert ramp at the set. Oh, wow. And we rode, and then I was sitting by the pool, but I didn't really get much. Wait, you, what ahead, company uh, are you spying? Uh, what's your bike that you ride? I'm so curious. You know, I ride, I ride a Hoffman bike. Hoffman. Matt Hoffman's company, but okay. I'm not officially like on his team. Okay. Meaning, no, yeah, but Hoffman's a big subscriber. Hey, Matt, look out for my man right here. I'm just kidding. I'm no, no, no. Well, no, I, I <laughs> the, the story with that is I rode for Hoffman for 10 years. Okay. Oh, that's cool. And, and then, and He's then, OG too. and then as things grew, the, the bike world's, th- th- that's one thing, I don't want to get too much into it, but that's one thing about the bike world that's like, that they need to embrace old school dudes that ride. Yeah. Okay. Like Van still does with respect. Cap and them, like, Right. The same they thing. don't have that same respect. Like, well, I can't say if they do or don't, but okay. I feel I feel like my buddy Dennis, he's still sponsored by Haro. Yeah, and Haro. he's OG. Damn, he's OG. Like O'Cab still with Vans as the longest running yeah. skate shoe with Vans. Yeah. And so there's a group of guys in skating where they get that respect longer than mm-hmm. in it. And BMX, it's a way smaller sport, and a lot of the guys at the same time, uh, you know, with these companies. They're always looking for like the next new dude, which mm. is cool. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. But I keep saying over and over, people in their 50s that still rip are an example to these young kids of how long they can do it. Because when we rode, Next. we didn't know we could even ride a 30. We didn't know when we got to right. 40, True. like in our 50s. So if you're not, I'm not talking weekend warriors, you go out and do tabletops and shit. I'm talking like <laughs> every day you're out grinding. Yeah, yeah. and you are. Man. There's a value to that. And so- in the BMX world, it's just such a smaller industry. With there's a lot of companies, and it's a smaller industry that they need to open open their eyes. Well, there's not a lot of us that ride at the stage, anyways. There's mm-hmm. a handful, yeah, five, five right. or six. Okay. But for me, it's like I have a lot of other sponsors, mm-hmm. and so I just kind of like, in a way, like didn't give up on having a bike sponsor. But after having one for 20, 25 years, and then not having a bike sponsor, yeah. it's hard to take in because you're just kind of like, this is what it's about, man. You know, like be embraced by so matt gave me a bike okay but i didn't ask to go back to be like on his team right you know which i respect matt i'm just one of my best friends you know but i would like to have us bring some brand back i'm just like curious. red line or something you know are still around you know like i mean i have i've been out a long time so when i'm thinking you know i'm like oh gee you're like, like diamondback like, and yeah, cw like, and diamondback, diamondback. does that still exist uh, I don't think so, but they started in the Valley. That was great. All I those companies. Company. Wow. What about Hutch? 
that no. they had a great team. They're not around back in the. Uh, they might be. Boring. No, so. they might have. They might have. They with all the with the craze of the old school dudes and the whole world of like yeah. the old school. They they'll spend thousands of dollars for unique bikes, right? OG bikes, but then. I saw some some bikes where they'll do productions just a limited run yeah. just to sell to that crowd. Yeah, they're yeah. not trying to come in and be like because they're not owned by there's some parenting company. Like I rode for a company and and for a couple of years and they, they paid me well, but they didn't really make their money from the industry. They did gym equipment, they did mountain bikes, they did oh, road yeah, bikes, yeah. they did mm-hmm. and freestyle was just kinda like the little thing that they did, but it really didn't it wasn't a loss, but it wasn't a big profit. But in the they throw it in the big pot of all their stuff. It made sense. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of those companies are like that. Like CW Diamondback. They're all CW owned by. Is still okay. They're owned by bigger. Red, yeah. Redline. Mm. You remember that? Yeah. I, I recently hit them up. I didn't re-hit oh, them up. Oh, they're still around. Well, I told them like I like to ride for them. Yeah. Because I just think that one of those old school companies would make more sense. Yeah. The new school companies are great, but they're so focused on, you know, uh, the just the next new flavor of the month, mm-hmm. which yeah. is fine, which is you should be. But if someone's graduated and veterans into this into this level, yeah, and I'm saying that on my behalf because I'm, you know it's benefiting me, but I do sincerely mean this. And you're able to still have a market value and still have a style about you that people like to watch. There's a value to that, absolutely, and, totally. And don't turn the other cheek just because oh you did X Games, you competed 24 years, you're done. And that's what happens to a lot of old school dudes. Mm, they don't have God. nothing. Damn, it's crazy. No it's, and so, how many different bike companies have you written for? I rode for, well. I rode for Haro. Yeah, awesome. And then I and then I know I was stoked. But that was just for one summer. And okay. then I rode for GT for one summer. Yeah, GTs are great. And then I was doing shows with Hoffman. Yeah. And then uh, Matt said I'm starting my own company. Will you ride for me? And I rode for him for ten years. Sick. Okay. And then I rode for Free Agent for like about four or five years. And then I rode for Kuahara for Kuahara. a year. Wow. I remember that. Yeah. And then there's been nothing. And I just kind of and that's right when. I was going through a lot, the loss yeah, in my life, the yeah. house and the, mm-hmm. the, the relationship and yeah. the fear set in. I got kids. What am I going to do? Where am I going to go? I don't want to let go of this house. Fuck. Because it's I mean? just like music, man. There's really no retirement plan for shit like yeah. that. Unless you're like no, one of the right. massive ones. You know what I mean? Like yeah. for the OGs. And you still got to be smart put with time it. it. Yeah, yeah. Put the yeah. time and investments and being smart with it. Because look at MC Hammer. Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying. But, yeah, yeah. He's just too much of a nice guy though, man. Yeah. Bringing on this boys, you know, like Italian. And he's Marvel. always been solo, man. He's smart though. Italian Marvel, your yeah. manager and shit like that, like super, yeah, di- super that. DIY. I mean, I, I just, well, I, you know, I just been blessed to ha- to meet people. Like I said, meeting Kevin, I didn't know I would meet Kevin, yeah. But I saw him there, and there's this is my opportunity. I'm gonna, and I've never really been good at like asking. I've always felt like if I'm good enough, it'd come my way. Right. But recently, now, I started asking more. Yeah, you know, of like. Because I feel like can't hurt to ask, man. Yeah, but I'm pretty humble with that. As much as I yeah. seem like I'm loudmouth and I'm not, in my head I'm like I'm pretty humble. <laughs> you just reach out to companies and say I'd like to ride for you. Yeah. Yeah. There's a new company that I'm working with. They're called Crush BMX. They make gloves. Okay. And I recently got into drawing, and I've always wanted to draw. And it's been about the last four or five months, four months, and I started drawing a lot of skulls and drawing a lot of quotes and different things with skulls and learning how to shade again and like I did nice. a little bit from art class. And I've gotten to be pretty good at it, better at it. And I'm like, this is something that I want to do because I want to make my own artwork for my band. And it's, it's honestly, it's therapy. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm drawing, sure. I'm thinking of lyrics for my band. I'm thinking of tricks. I'm like absorbed in this thing, you know? Yeah. And so I hit them up and I'm like, look, I'd love to do a glove. They're like, dude, yeah, let's do it. And it's going to come out this this fall. Oh, that's yes. awesome. But I said, I would like to use my own artwork. Yeah. And I was, and I didn't have any. 
So I just drew something and sent it to them. They go, dude, we love it. Let's oh, do it. That makes sense. Perfect. That's great. So for me, it's like, wow, like I'm, you know, who inspired me with that too is Caballero. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. I was on Warp Tour when I saw him first start drawing. Okay. And when he first started riding motorcycles, he yep. had a 50. Yeah. So I've seen Cab. Crazy, man. So, so I've seen Such Cab you. motivate me and be like, oh, I'm not trying to be, you know, look, however that sounds, he's an inspiration to me. Yeah. But I'm doing my own thing. Yeah. Of course. But yeah. I've, when you see your friend do it, like my buddy Dennis. Yeah, your buddy did. Yeah, you're like, sponsored. whoa, I'm inspired. Like, I needed that extra mm-hmm. little inspiration. Yeah. And just, to, I thought like, well, just draw something and and then you'll figure it out. It's like writing. Like, you, mm-hmm. and then if, and I post some shit and some dudes are like, dude, that jaw's too big on that skull. I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. Or where's the cheekbone? No, no, it's fine. Yeah. Because I look at it like, oh yeah, you're right. Let me see how, <laughs> how to do that. I'll be honest with myself. Yeah, yeah. I like it, but you know, I make it better. And yeah. so learning that is, is I'm cool with so yeah. yeah and then music with your band like is this the first band you've been in we do music your whole throughout your whole life no dude I didn't start is a band until like 2008 so there you go it's, it's and, never and too late and what is it that uh, you're doing in the band I sing Sings. you're the singer and yeah. my band's good guys, good guys and black good guys and black but I hire a band good guys black. don't wear white exactly alright and so you're writing lyrics everything yeah everything well, well no no Me, my, my buddy writes the uh, guitar okay. melody and then I write the lyrics. Okay. And then, you know, I, the last six, seven, eight songs I've had the same guys record with, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. But I hire people for the band because this, this is what happened. When you start a band as a pro athlete, mm. not everybody really is into starting a band. They're thinking like, oh, I made it. Oh, I'm going to get something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's and not I, that easy. The grind. It's, yeah. And I'm like, dude, I love music and I love to play and I love to sing and express myself. So... It's built itself over the years mm-hmm. to where like my whole style's developed, like riding. Yeah. Like if, if I was to say, oh, that's the tricks I did in 1980. Now, now it's day and night. Yeah. And that's how my writing is and my vocals and my delivery and everything. It's just, it's progressed. Yeah. Into As a an different, artist, yeah. Yeah. And Evolving. so I didn't know nothing about music. Mm-hmm. Meaning you like. You know you loved it though. Yeah. But I didn't know like someone would be like, do you have a back line? I didn't know. What's the back line? Right. Like <laughs> shit like that. I didn't know. Right. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. You know, like uh, what's, your, you know, whatever. Just go on and on. Right. And I had to learn. But I was, I was learning with people around me that like really didn't have like, I, I guess I kind of had the mentality of like, you want to be a pro biker? Let's go. Like back in the day, all right. of us, let's do it. No matter yeah. what, stick with it. <laughs> and like, wait a second. You you came with me on this tour, but you're going to stay on tour with that band now. Mm, okay. And you're like, what's going on? And you start to get offended, not understanding it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the way that I mm. get hired guns is they're a lot like BMX and skaters, meaning like, Hey, do you want to do these shows? Yeah. Just come and skate and I'll pay you. Okay. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. You want to come play these gigs, play these drums. Okay. Not that I would want it to be that way, but I'm 52 years old. I've done this band for over 10 years. I'm finally now starting to play a lot of gigs. I was just on Sirius Radio for a whole nine, eight, nine months. I'm going to play a gig with Strung Out coming up. Yeah. I'm like, let's go. Yeah, you can't make that gig? Okay, I need to find another drummer. Okay. I'm not upset about it. Mm-hmm. So it's mad. just you and always different musicians always? Yeah. Okay. yeah, but I changed it to my name as Rick Thorne. Yeah. But it was like, I didn't want to do that. It's confusing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not trying to be Kevin Bacon. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm like, dude, but but Good Guys in Black was when I started it when I was going through all that stuff. Yeah. Losing the house, that house, ex-wife leaving, all of these things. Yeah. And my finances and stuff were in a rut. And 
I just felt like I wanted to express myself. And that's what good guys in black means. Okay. Means you could look a certain way, but you could be better than the guy that's all clean cut. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. So you good guys in black. That's where it came from. Nice, nice. And so now is it just called Rick Thorne? Now it's like, no, so, okay, no, okay. no, it's good guys in black. Okay. Cause I went back and I was like, dude, I didn't want to do that because I didn't want people to be like exactly what people were saying. Like I tour, I did a tour in, in England for a couple weeks yep. under my name, but I just kind of felt like I didn't want to be, I wanted to prove myself yeah. and not be like, Oh, your career slipping as, a, as an athlete. Now you're going to do a band. Cause mm-hmm. it's difficult when you, I believe that when you're an athlete and you start a band, it's, it's more, it's difficult. If you're, if you're, it, it's just different challenging when you're an actor and you start a band, it's challenging <laughs> when you're a musician and you want to skate or be in a movie, people jump up and down. Mm. No way. Homie, little mm. Wayne skating. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. God. Do you understand what right, I'm saying right. though? I know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah. easier for you to go do other things. Uh, okay. Like if you make it in movies first and then you start a band, very few go the other way. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, because it's it's not easy to be in a band. You know? No, but it's if you make man. it, so man's at the top in my mind. As like, you know, I mean, because now you have to yeah. hire guns. Now, yeah. you, being in a band is, is difficult. You know, you know, you guys are in bands. Yeah, you get yeah. it. Keeping yeah. members. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's all the the whole lifestyle of it is yeah. like really, 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 especially now. Yeah, because yeah. there's so many. Bands, you know, so many artists, things you can do at home now. Yeah. You know, like totally. back in the day, it was very limited, it seemed, in certain aspects. But yeah, it's, it's very, that is a very interesting point, though. I well, believe. I mean, I mean, I, I kind of like the position I'm in, to be honest mm-hmm. with you, because yeah. as much as I was like, damn, I wanted to be like, you know, Pennywise or H2O, mm-hmm. or you guys, mm-hmm. you know, be around forever, like start a band and be together and this and that. That's what I always wanted, to be honest mm-hmm. with right, you. Right, right. I, I do have somewhat of that with my guitarist. We've been we, we've been together for about eight nine years now. Yeah. Um. But he's in other bands and it's cool. It's mm-hmm. all good. And and so like, I've accepted the fact. But the benefits to it is, like, I'm a solo artist. Right. Okay. But through BMX, uh, like you said, I've always been solo. Yeah. Taking care of yourself, managing yourself, your own image, your own brand, this and that. So when it comes to the band, it's not that I wouldn't want to have that group like that. Understood. But if if but I'm also the one paying for everything. Yeah. <laughs> the recordings, the merch, yeah. the, the, the music videos, the, pro- the production, everything. You're so, all. so then it's like, well, these guys really m- might not have the same vision that I have or a vision at all. Right. But they're all legitimately rad players. Yeah. And people know me as me. And so that way it separates a little bit of like me as a bike rider, me as a musician, and not mm-hmm. me being the bike rider trying to be a musician. Got you. I yeah. want to be that. I want you to understand that, like, in my mind, people to understand, like, no, this isn't just, this is, I have a love for this. Right. Yeah. And studied it, you know? I mean, your whole look is inspired by music and punk and everything. You grew up on all that stuff. You know yeah. What I mean? So it makes sense you, you've been doing music, you know what I mean? Yeah. I love it. I can't tell you guys. You love that shit. <laughs> and, 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 and how challenging is it? Okay, now you're a BMXer for this many years, and also you're a musician, and now you're doing stand-up comedy. Yep. So, like, how is that? How, how, how do you compare any of that? Because that must be so. I can't even imagine. Dude, it. it's you learn real quick the jokes with your friends. Yeah. Might not work on stage. Yeah. <laughs> because because you have a relationship. Yeah. So you'll say something that's really not funny, but your friends laugh because you think like you have these layered relationships and yeah. memories together. Are they so laughing you, at me or with me? Yeah. So you got to learn to like. <laughs> go and like uh 
Yeah, it's 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 just a whole. And be able to laugh at yourself as well and take yourself. Right, you keep it I mean? rolling. Okay, I mean, that yeah. didn't work. Keep moving. I mean, how did you even get into yeah. thinking like, okay, I want to do stand up? Just dreams as a kid. Really? Watching so Richard Pryor. Yeah. As a young kid, you always had this kind of in the I back to, of your mind. Well, I grew up in an environment where there was no really like boundaries. Uh, hey, can I get one of these? I, I grew up, I grew up where there's no boundaries, um, meaning that like we could watch what we wanted, right? To be to be quite honest with you, we could right. we could do like whatever. And so I would watch Richard Pryor and okay. George Carlin. Okay. There you go, the best, and, the yeah, best. the best, yeah. and Robin Williams, and you know, excellent Eddie Murphy and stuff. And so, and I was a big Saturday Night Live fan as me a kid too. when yeah. John Belushi was the idol to me. Yeah, yeah, John, watched... John Belushi was the bomb. A lot of Saturday Night Live. Thanks, growing thank up. you, bro. And so for me. One of these uh, amaz. <laughs> so 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 for me, it was just kind of like, it's different because when you get up in a band, as you know, as a vocalist, yeah. it's just you and the mic, but you still have the band, right? You still have the band to feed off of. Doing mm-hmm. a solo, you go rock, yeah, you know, doing it together. Do you doing it together? Yeah. Comedy, it's like, okay, let's do it. There's nothing. It's just you. And and when jokes don't work, I've learned to just keep it moving. But. What I'm learning most about comedy that works for me is to treat it like a conversation. Mm-hmm. I tell a lot of stories. I'm Your not own so much personal stories. Yeah, yeah. And I don't, I don't, and and I don't like, I don't spend too much time on like, uh, you know, there's a lot of things in comedy that are really weird right now. Politics. Yeah, but but I learned it with with comedy, and by going to a lot of a lot of open mics. Right. There's a difference between funny and mean. And sometimes people are mean and they think it's funny. And that's what I'm saying. When you say those mean jokes with your friends, just out of like, you know, people laugh, oh, stupid, but it's not, it's not right. But I'm just saying people get up on stage and try to do that. It ain't happening. I see some people just totally bomb yeah, because yeah. they're mean. Right. Like it's not, it's not even, it's just the delivery is everything. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, if it, th- there is definitely a big difference between, you know, coming off as, uh, something that's funny and deliberately being mean and hurtful. Oh yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. No, but like, like what I meant earlier was say is that when you're friends, it's like, you know, when we were, yeah, there you go. Thank you, sir. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Is, is yours more like storytelling, like Joseph yeah. is telling stories about growing yeah. up? Okay, mm-hmm. cool, got you. Yeah, and it's more a reflection of my that life. That makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I kind of always admired Richard Pryor for his style with that. Yeah, and I just felt like, I felt like that. That's entertaining as well has been trying to like just go rag on people you know totally. and what i'm saying is it's is when we were younger we talk shit as kids as groups of kids and you talk shit but people i've just seen especially so many, in this world right now too man it's crazy but but if but if it's funny and it makes sense in the story and in the, in the jokes sure mm-hmm. it's okay it's, a, it's okay to laugh more people should be able to laugh at themselves yeah but not everyone can people no. get triggered really easily mm-hmm. you know and then they it reflects how they grew up and it, they, they interpret what they want. Yeah. And then they they start accusing and this and that. And so there's a lot of that going on. But Do, do you get more I, nervous playing music or doing stand-up? Sorry to cut you off. At this point right now, I, I, I try not to get nervous with stand-up, but stand-up still, I'm still growing I into I can't that. imagine the nerves just walking. Yeah, just like. Dude, I just performed the other day and I hadn't performed since COVID. Okay. So I'm, I'm still kind of a newbie. I've only been yeah. in about a year and a half total. So... I just kind of feel like learning to tell a joke. Mm-hmm. There's certain ways to tell a joke, and there's certain styles of jokes. Have you had like you dead break silence? it down? Yeah. Like, Have you had like dead silence? Oh yeah, like, like just bombing. Oh, yeah, yeah dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. But here's the thing about open mics. 
they're all comedians. Okay. So so they'll laugh, but nah, they wouldn't get up there. Yeah. Yeah. So it turns into this competition vibe. Mm. That's why you, here's how comedy world works. They'll go like local clubs here in Hollywood and big, big comedians and they won't make much. Yeah. And that's like kind of their skate park. Okay. Mm-hmm. Meaning they're trying out new material. Gotcha. Right. And then they'll, then they'll go on tour and for that same material, they're selling out stadiums. Crazy. Do you understand what I'm saying? Well, so, you see it on Netflix special or something. Yeah, the same jokes they tried. Yeah. And that's why there's no videoing inside yep, of it. Because what happens if you video, because people ask me the time, hey, can I see your act? You got on video. Well, if I put a post on video, you're not going to come see my show. Exactly. Because then you've already seen it. I get that. I like right? Dave Chappelle was doing that. It was smart, man. Yeah. All, all of them, even at a comedy store, like there's no filming, okay. even open mics, like no no filming. No one wants you to film. And it's kind of a rule of rule in that world okay. because, because of that. Right. Because I'm working on new material right now. Okay. And I might have a special coming up. Okay. And uh, here's a perfect example. I saw a comedian at that, that damn comedy jam yep. that was at the Roxy. Joe Sib was there. Okay. And I saw Bill Burr there doing his act. Some of that material was on one of his specials later. Gotcha. So you, you, you're blowing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then, it's like, well, then someone posts it, it goes viral. Too. and He's amazing. Incredible, man. But here's the best part. My buddy works at the comedy store. Okay. He's been there for like 25 years. Perfect. And he, he lets me come in, go backstage. I got to hang out with a lot of those guys. Got, I go there and get to study. I get to sit up top and study. It's cool. It's pretty, I got to perform there a couple of times. That's amazing. Yeah. So behind, behind the not with those big dogs though. Yeah. It was like after, <laughs> like after everybody left and there's like 10 people left in the room, like, <laughs> go up to Rick a few minutes. <laughs> oh shit. It's still cool though. Would you ever do an autobiography about yourself or a documentary? I would love to. I think it'd be amazing. I'd love to. I started one. I tried, you know, before, before YouTube, we were going to do one. I okay. had a little sizzle for it. Yeah. And then dudes got weird. They wanted me to like get all these thousands of dollars from my sponsors to do it. And I was like, look, dude, I'm not trying to. You know, you're such a DIY guy. I'm sure you can find a way to do it. You don't need anybody. I think you could do, do it on it. your phone. I'm just saying, though, like, I think that'd be awesome. I think it's such an amazing story, man. Yeah. And you don't seem like a person that has any real, real regrets. No, no I, I, I wouldn't tell. Say, no, I don't. I don't. I, I you There's learn. life experiences you've been through, right? Yeah. yeah, you learn. And one thing I learned, though, a lot, too, is to stop blaming other people, even yeah. like relationships and shit. Like, she did this. She did that. Because remember, your, your subconscious mind is listening. Yeah. You're going to end up in the same sp- Tony, there's that that old phrase, uh, doing something with a different result, sanity, whatever it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know exactly. That's, what you're talking and that's about. what that's what competing got to me. Got you. After 24 years of competing on your bike, yeah, I'm trying to get a different result, and that's what happens to a lot of the OGs, and a lot of them have a hard time if the, their whole value is competing because the second you're competing, then you don't have a value. Yeah. So. For me, yeah. for me, I'm like, I feel like I'm kind of like in this bubble of like, I'm no growth. Yeah. And I think that's why I got into comedy, got into music, got into acting, wanted to try to utilize all the levels of entertainment, uh, just to be well-rounded and just, just to keep myself motivated. Yeah. You know, there's some real, like, uh, you have some amazing moments in your career, like super proud moments of yourself and your accomplishments. Man, there's a lot. We did that. We did that. Well, I don't know where to start with that one, but like. Even even right now, I'm stoked. You know, even our no, friendship. Yeah, you know what I mean? Sure. But like, I think like big big things. Like, we did 96 closing ceremonies at the Olympics. We did a show, eight bikes, eight skate, eight inline. Wow! It was an introduction to Olympics of our sports. It took this many years to get there. Yeah. Uh, stuff like that, being part of the first X Games, but I never really thought about it. Mm-hmm. 
You know, it's kind of yeah. weird. Like, like I'm not the guy that has like, a, like I told you earlier, like, dude, I like all this stuff on your wall. And I'm the exact opposite. Meaning like I used to hang, not that you have a lot of your accomplishments on your wall, but yeah. I, I did and photos and stuff. And one day I was like, dude, I just feel like I don't want to look at it anymore. Yeah. And so when you bring something up, even now I've forgotten about it. I just keep going forward. Oh, I you know, being that. a mall cop's great. Being in the movies is great. Yeah. Being sponsored, like making it to California. You know, I think, I think my biggest accomplishments, probably my kids, of course, you know, yeah. um, passing the torch to them. Do they write, do they BMX too? No. Okay. He plays football. Okay. Five years. He's, he's, he's pretty good. And your daughter, what's she into? Surf. Perfect. Yeah. It's like Max. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Super Cali kids. Yeah. Like they, I wasn't going to try to push them to be, because I succeeded at that. Yeah. You know? So I wasn't going to be like, get out there and ride that bike. That's what I wanted to be. And I Mm -hmm. quit. And I see, I see that with football, some of these football dads, bro. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, man. and I'm just kind of sure. like, dude, like they go hard. Well, they yeah. got this formula that they think is going to work, and not necessarily going to work. No. And the kid may kid get in eleventh grade and be like, dude, I'm tired of getting tackled. Absolutely. Facts. Yeah, they got to do it because they want it, and then yeah. they'll, and then it will happen for them. Not your strategy of like, I'm going to hold my kid back a year, and then he'll be 19 when he graduates, and then. Yeah. <laughs> And then we're going to put them in this school and this academy and this private school. And then I learned a lot about that. There's some schools that go collect all the good players. So no one else has them with the intent of never playing them. Wow. So you could brag and be like, I'm at this high school. Well, screw that. I want to play. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of talked to my son about this, about things Mm -hmm. like this is like, it happened for you. If you bring that energy upon yourself. Yeah, isn't it crazy like to come like you're like you're tatted up dad, you're you're BMXer, musician, comedian. You don't do like the normal society thing, same with us from bands. And then when you go to like a sports event with your kids or a, or like a school function, like what do you do? You know, like, <laughs> oh, I, I ride by, I ride a BMX. <laughs> what do you I'm do? 52. I have my, I have like, my I, I the, I, back. What do you do? I play yeah. a hardcore band. What's hardcore? I play the I punk band. Like, you know what right. I mean? It's just you got X's on your hand. Yeah, just, just explaining to that to like people in normal society. It's still yeah. crazy, man. And it, I can well, imagine you too, because you're full. You know, I'm still. I've been single, dude, for nine years. Okay. And as it, and when I say that, I always feel like people. It go, means you're not the dating apps or nothing. No, can't look up Rick Thorne right now. No, nope. those apps. Okay, I'm not on any respect. And, and and so the thing is, is that people go, oh, I get you. Yeah, so you could do what you want. I'm like, yeah, like get up when I want, dress how I want, right. do what yeah. I want. I kind of became my own best friend that I never was. Nice. Cool. That I was always trying to people please everyone else. Mm-hmm. And so, so what happened with that was, is that if I meet a girl, so how old are you? Fifty two. Let me see your head. It's tattooed. What do you do for a living? I ride bikes. They're like. <laughs> What do you mean? Ah, I I ride. I go to the skate park. They're like, hmm, loser. <laughs> <laughs> like you're riding that little bike. You're not riding a beach. Yeah, they don't see yeah. it like a security with that dude. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, when are you gonna grow up? You're 52. Geez, you're out riding your bike. Um, so I just kind of gave up on like that. Isn't going to make me ultimately happy. Yeah, it will one day to meet someone that could definitely not us. that girl. You know, not that girl. <laughs> that type of girl. Yeah. But I would fall for that. Mm. I, what I used to fall for was what everybody thought I was like the partier and hanging out in that world and stuff and falling for like maybe girls that needed to be, uh, uh, saved. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? And I wasn't saving myself. And so when I did that and so then I said, well, you know what, dude, I got two kids. I need to focus on them. And then now that they're getting older, I'm already having withdrawals. 
anxiety oh, yeah. withdrawals mm-hmm. yeah, leaving the nest syndrome i think about sucks. it all the time sucks man. i keep telling max i'm gonna build you like you can you can move downstairs or i'll put a bed in the garage or <laughs> you can do what you want <laughs> i'm like billy ollie still lives at home she's 19 <laughs> you know what i mean like there's no re- you're the rest of your life to be on your own enough to rush and you know yeah yeah and that part's i can't think about that part it makes me so emo too uh, yeah it makes me sad and so my daughter's 15 my son's 13 so me and him are still close but she you know she's i get it we're cr- super close yeah but the teenage, the teen years are different. Yeah, and a girl. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's different. <laughs> the hormones, just everything going at one time. Yeah, like all yeah. The, the drama, the school, the boys. I can't wait to get out of the house. I can't wait to live on my own. Social I can't wait to media. drive a car. And it's like, yeah, everything, right. You'll be dude. coming right back. So my mom's like, don't worry, they they don't go far. And that's if you've been close as kids, they don't go yeah. far. They won't go far. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean. They'll they'll do. They don't have any resentments towards you because you right. you were there and you loved them and you took care of them. Yeah. For me, I'm like, okay. My kids get older. They move on. Excuse me. And then, who am I going to spend my life with? Follow me here. It's fucked up thinking about that shit, man. It sucks because when they go to their moms, a couple days, first day's kind of hard. It's hard. Second day gets better. And then I start thinking like, this is what my life would be like. Yeah. I'll go ride and I'll go do my thing and see my brother. Like, it's pretty quiet around here. Yeah. It sucks. And so... I enjoy. I've enjoyed the ride with them, but they would be my biggest accomplishment in life. Totally. But but my point is, is that like, I said to myself, "What am I going to do?" And that's why I'm positioning myself with the artwork, with the comedy, yeah. with the music, with still writing, with the TV, with all. Of course. So I could just you know make money doing what I like to do and be there for my kids when they need me, and yeah. and and then that way I could go back to living the life that I put on hold to raise mm-hmm. them. I quit touring. Yeah. I have no family out here. So here's two kids. At one point in time, I had them 100. percent Yeah, I can't tour. I'm watching all you guys do all your stuff, mm-hmm. and it's it was hard. You're like, wow, oh, man, I'm gonna do that. I've done that so long. I had to stop. Okay. So I did that, and so now that they're getting older, I'm like, okay, well, I'm still in shape. I'm still doing my thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna tour again. Mm-hmm. You know, and because tour life is it's hard when you have little kids. Yeah. You know, you know. Your family's, yeah, you your know. family's all back east. I mean, Midwest. Yeah, Kansas City. Okay, they're all out there. Yeah. So, you know, I, th- I think of those things just because, like, I'm always trying to think ahead. Someone always said, think where you want to be in five years. Think where you want to be in 10 years, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. You know? And then, and then honestly, bro, to be honest, if I live to be 100, half of my life's over. Yeah. Have I done enough? It's true. It's true. Don't feel like it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? What do you think motivates you, man? I don't know. You nonstop because it can't be like I'm, I have no I'm, idea. I'm gonna ri- I'm gonna ride until I break all the bones in my body. Well, I already did that, so I'm gonna ri- <laughs> I'm gonna ride till I'm fucking seventies. I just I just hope I'm not <laughs> you know a go- I, mean? I hope I'm not a ghost. Because mm. mm. ghosts can't let go. Mm, interesting. Oh, dude, we've encountered so many ghosts. You guys have in these, dude, in the hills and these old houses, Ooh. riding the pools. You've seen them. Yeah, we've seen some. Wow. Okay. Terrifying. That's scary. No, it's a shadow, bro. I saw mm. this one. It was like a shadow. It was like a silhouette. I went on. Sh- I went on radio show and talked about this. And a lot of people were like, could identify. A lot of people were like crazy. Really? You hit your head. You know. Have you ever had that, Toby? What? Seen some stuff. Seen, seen uh, or felt yeah. or felt stuff. You, really? I've seen. Some, I've seen something before at somebody's house. What happened? Tell me. What, it was just was like a shadow. Yeah, it was a shadow that wasn't really a person there. It wasn't your yeah, shadow. That's nah. it. That's it. Have you seen some stuff? No. I've been waiting to see that aliens anything that I've been like yo, that's I haven't seen aliens. I've never had anything like that. I, I was at somebody's house that there was supposedly had something there. We knew that that was going to be there. We might see something. You know what I'm saying? You don't think it, it was like, mental? Like it, it was oh, putting no, your head. Man. 
I mean, because I honestly ask because I want to see some yeah. stuff. You know, I, I just never had that experience, but I've had relatives, other friends of mine that have told me specific stories about their encounters with. Yeah. Well, energy doesn't die. It goes right, into something that. else. True. And so if you can't let go of something, a house, mm-hmm. possessions, mm-hmm. or if you're murdered, obviously you're going to be angry because you didn't want to die. Yeah. Okay. And you didn't want, you weren't ready to let go. All right. Uh, I, I, okay. So we went to this one house once. Okay. I'll tell the story real quick. I know we've been talking for a while. Talk it, bro. Okay. <laughs> and this is like, check out this pool. It's sick. Normally we go to, <laughs> well, normally go to pools. There's, I don't go in the house. Very rarely. Yeah. To be honest with you, unless like there's nothing in the house and there's obviously like in this house, there's nothing in the house. Okay. There's all the drywall was gone. It was just two by fours. They were tearing it down. It was, it was it didn't have a sign in the front. It's, it's going, it's yeah. gone. Go around back. I look at the pool. I realize what it needs to be drained a little bit, you know? And so I wanted to shoot a photo of the pool, but make it look like I was inside the house. So I leaned in the window. All the windows were busted out and I leaned back to shoot a photo. And as, and as I leaned back, I like, Saw a shadow, like a ninja. Like, what? Like a shadow. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's a ghost. I turned around and started walking away, and a radio came on. No lie. There's no power in that house. I don't know. Ask me where the hell the radio came from. Wow. So I told some friends and said some shit online. Me and my buddy went back to look at the pool. He went to shoot photos of it before we drained it. He went in the house. He said there was nothing in the house, but upstairs there was toys in the kids' room. Kind of odd. That's scary already. I'm looking at him. I go, hey, Jeff. And that window right there is a ghost. I see him right now. Saw him. Black silhouette. Just, just there. Like a ninja. I'm telling you, bro. Wow. And he's in the other side and he just froze. I go, yeah, maybe we should, we should leave. I did some research. This dude was a famous writer. History. Family. Of film. Directing. Writing. Screenplays. Yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Big shit. Damn. So we went back. Now it's about three or four of us. Pool's drained. Well, not drained, but didn't completely drain. Just to need to be bucketed out. Yeah, a little yeah. bit of water. My buddy threw his bike over the fence. He goes, dude, someone's in the house. I go, no, that's the ghost. Skater hit me up, but went there. Oh, I saw the ghost. So I wasn't crazy. Wow. Someone else had seen it. So my buddy threw the bike over. He's like, oh, dude, that's not you. I go, okay, that's what I'm talking about. Y'all clowning me. So <laughs> I, this, this is what I learned. I went, we went around back. I was getting ready to ride. And I said the dude's name and who he was. And I felt something attach themselves to me. Really? I swear to gosh. You said his name out loud and said, on, yeah, yeah. On my back. I felt like something was pushing me out, uh, like a weight on my back. I wasn't making it up, dude. I have no reason to go, oh, my back now. I said this guy's name. Wow. I didn't Because I didn't know anything about ghosts attaching themselves. When you, me either. When you call upon them and reveal, and reveal a ghost... They can't attach themselves to things. They can attach themselves to jewelry. They can attach themselves to a lot of things. Like a smeagol, all that stuff. Wow. That's all there's that's all lesson learned in that that stuff. It's like, you know, the possession of something you can't yeah. let go. And so I believe that he was trying to push me out and I didn't ride. I couldn't ride, but you don't understand. Like I felt like there was two hundred pounds on my back. It was crazy. Holy shit. And I the second we left, I was gone. I didn't ride at all. I felt like I would have crashed. Wow, man. So we've had some weird stuff. And so we looked closer and there was like yellow caution tape. That's it's a crime scene, man. Something went on in that house. Something, Is the house still there? It's gone. Really? Yeah. And that's the, that's the tripped out thing. It's like, okay, so where's this ghost go now? I know you're going to laugh when I say this. A homeless ghost, dude. Yeah. 
But I lived in the hills forever. <laughs> and they float in there, bro. You could feel something, man. You got nowhere to go. Energy wow, energy man. isn't going into anything. No, it's, it's definitely just, a, some that's insane, different energy. Man. The house I lived in Beverly Hills for 10 years was haunted. Is oh. that the one with the pool? Yeah. Yeah, I remember the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah that house was haunted. The lady, this lady came by one day. She was like 80. She goes, I grew up here. I haven't been back since I was 15. It's like, what? She comes in this room. And it's the same room my daughter used to look at the corner and smile. Like, And I was like, it's, and we'd hear shit walking up the steps. I'm like, it's just haunted or something. Wow. She goes, yeah, my dad died in this room. I'm like, oh, there it is. Holy shit. So then she left and we didn't hear footsteps anymore. I thought, this is before I maybe, know maybe it, down with her or something. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, the ghost is cool. He's at peace. No, there's nowhere to go, dude. You got nowhere to go. Wow. When man. I was moving out, there was nothing in the house, bro. And I was carrying boxes down. And I heard walk on the roof, like two in the morning. He was back. What? And I said, hey, we're moving out. I started like talking to him, but he wasn't responding. I walked out the door, down to the carport. My door slammed. Crazy. It's real stuff. Holy yeah. shit. I mean, I, I can go on and on and on and it's on like, about and I, this. And I don't not believe you either. You know what I mean? Like, that I really, would be a way But so many people go, dude, you hit your head. So many, I'm just, in, I'm not trying to be intuitive with spirits or some shit. Right. I'm not trying to tap into that. I just instinctually, when I feel something. My mom had some it, shit like that happen after my dad died. She kept seeing him at the edge of her bed for months upon months. She was like, having, she was thought she was hallucinating and shit. My mom, after he died, mm -hmm. she would wow. have me, she'd see him at the end of her bed like for a long time. She was tripping. She was crying. She freaked out so much. She sold the, she got rid of the bed, the mattress. She got a whole new bed after that. She thought he was there because that was part, their bed. It fucked her up for a long time. She told about the podcast. So she's still in the house? No, this is years when I was a kid, but like she kept seeing him come into that room, man. It's possible. It's fucking gnarly, man. Like, Absolutely. That's, I mean, I, I, you know, that's a whole nother thing, but I learned that this is all connected, bro. I started riding pools because I have a, I had a hard time letting go of my house because oh. I worked for it. I, I told you my story. Yeah. All my shit. And I got this house and I'm like, I gotta make this work. Gotta make this work. And I had a hard time learning a lesson of letting go of things. So when you go to ride a pool and we've been in like $11 million neighbor, dude, people buy houses for $11 million to tear them down. It's crazy. Just for that. Property. It's insane, yeah. and, and they're tearing down these classic houses and these mm -hmm. pools. And we rode Making not, big mansions. We rode one not too long ago. Ten point eight million someone bought, and like a week later, it was dirt, dirt filled. Wow! So you got some crazy cash to buy something just the intent to tear it down. Is, is is there like an underground pool culture that knows all the empty pools? There's like a whole crew of people that do that all the time. They go. They to all compete with each other. They go to empty pools. They have a secret spot, or they all know. Well, I don't mean it like that. I'd be like a cool app to have for skaters. No, it would, but they empty don't pool app. <laughs> right? I'm serious. No, they should, but they don't last long. Okay. Yeah. But the thing is, is it's, it's it's not it's not that they compete with each other. I didn't mean it like that. But the thing about pools is, let's say I'm on I'm looking for a pool, and I spend three hours on Google Maps. I want to find one. I'm not. I don't feel like driving around. And then I'm like, this one might be empty. And you drive to it, and it's an hour and a half away. And then you realize, damn, like okay but I got to dump it. That's a whole nother day. And I got to make sure it's okay to ride and I don't get caught. Let's dump it, clean it out. Yeah, sometimes you got to clean okay. it out. Not not all the water, but you know, if it's yeah. rainwater. So think about how much time you've invested in finding something and then someone wants to come along and shoot a photo so they can get some Instagram fame. Mm -hmm. You're protective. You're like, well, dude, I looked for that. I went and drove there. I made sure it's okay it's to spot, ride. Man. Yeah. yeah. Or it's permission. You knock on the door. Can I ride your pool if I clean it out? 
you're doing all the work. Yeah. If you're not putting in work, then I'm not trading pools with you. So because now you're using me for my spots and I'm not I'm not you know, I'm not out here scouting for you. Right. Bring something back to me. So sometimes have you kept pools for yourself? I usually don't because yeah, the dudes I can't see that, you doing that. No, yeah. because the dudes that I ride with we're pretty cool, and I, yeah. I I'm cool with all the skaters, Salba yeah. and all those guys, and we trade stuff. Yeah, you know, um, I'm pretty I'm pretty like open, you know what I mean? Like, but but the BMX world's even smaller than that. I'm sure. So like, you know, in Southern California, there might be five or six guys that ride pools, but more people would ride them. They just don't want to put in the work. Yeah, because it's a grind. Yeah, I'm going to San Bernardino today for what to drain this pool out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What? Yeah. You know, people don't want to do that. They don't, they don't got time to do it. Yeah. You know, uh, here's a couple of trick questions for you. So what was your first trick you learned? A Willie. A Willie. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> I can do that. Back, back, uh, back. You, will Willie. You can do a no handed wheelie too. No, I never did no handed. Okay. Okay. No handed wheelie. I don't, I don't know if people do that. I've seen some shit online. Yeah, they do that. Yeah. Is that possible? Probably in the big, the big bikes. They're doing like crazy. And then are there, do you still have a favorite trick that you can still pull off perf- perfectly in, at 52? Yeah. Or have those tricks become harder? No. I think, I think well, one I'm relearning right now is 540s uh, on vert. Wow. But, but like, no, I, I have like a number of tricks that I still could do like better. There's not much you retire. Like, I'm done with that one. I'm just kind of. Some of them. Some, okay. So, some tricks are hard to, to hit. Yeah. So if they take like a long time, you just maybe do it for a video. Mm. And then you just say you did it, but like you never really grow into the trick like you would be other tricks. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. For me, my riding's always been kind of more like, I wanted to ride opposite than other people, not because uh, uh, any other reason, but just to express myself. I didn't want to like, have look the same as anyone else would ride yeah, like anyone. So I would kind of like, it pushes you to learn different stuff and have your own style. Yeah. So there'll be like a lot of tricks people do. I go, I don't do that trick. Like what? You never, never done toothpicks? Mm-hmm. That's where you're on the front peg. Okay. On, the, on the coping. Is it like a nose pick? A nose pick, your, your tire's up top. Okay. A toothpick, your peg's on the coping. Okay. I never learned them. People were like, dude, it was just one of those tricks where when everyone was doing them, it made me not want to do them. It seems like a nose pick would be harder. Yeah, a nose pick, you got to get up on the deck. It seems like what well, you just said, a toothpick is a nose pick, but having a kickstand holding you up, it's like extra support. On the peg, yeah. It's interesting, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, and then you do, uh, on the top, is okay. where you would do a nose pick. Um, so for me, I'd always try to do something different, have yeah. your own style. I love that you still do the doubles and you recreated that photo of the doubles, you and Tony Hawk. 20 years, dude. It's amazing, wow. man. That was beautiful, man. Do you realize time's flying? Do you ever feel that way? Yeah. Oh, especially as you get older. Totally. It goes faster. And when you have kids too and you see them getting older, you're getting older, it's like... Perception of time changes kids. Yeah, well. for sure. Yeah. That's what it is. As a young kid, you have a no concept of time. So no, zero. High school's like forever. forever. Like, dude, that's four years, bro. I know, four years ain't shit. shit. I, I love that you still, you're over at Hawk's Ramp all the time. Brian, yeah. those dudes, it's awesome, man. We got to go down there with me sometime. I love to. I love that you like the main BMXer they're always with when they skate. Well, it seems like you've always been that. You, you're not just a BMXer, because BMXing and skateboarding was such weird during the 80s and stuff, but like, you're just like, I don't know, it's part of the crew, you know? Yeah, yeah. But you're on your bike. No, it's awesome. Like the, the doubles, to back up for a second, the doubles with Tony, Sick. that kind of just organically happened. Yeah. Like I was going down there riding and I had to road vert. And I had to relearn riding vert because riding pools is way different than vert. Yeah. And then not having a vert ramp and not really many BMXers ride vert. So go down there, you're with Tony and it's like your own <laughs> little world. And, and he's like, you want to do doubles? And our first doubles were side by side. And then he's like, I'll go underneath you. But the way he did it, not in the photo, but the first time we did did doubles is I went up. He came from the from behind, so I didn't see him. I just oh, had to trust he was going to go underneath me. <laughs> and then 
I, I, I did an error over him and then, or he did an error over me. And then, yeah. and then he's like, I'm like, Hey man, you think our buddy Chris could come shoot doing us doing doubles? I'll do a grind under you. So we had the photo and I got yeah. a photo of me doing an air over him doing a grind. So, sick. so we had these two photos and we're like, which ones do we want to make, make, make to sell? And we made a thousand. Oh, that's sick. Um, to sell limited edition. It's, it's what he's doing right now. He's doing that with Christian and soy right now. They doing double thing too. Yeah. They never done doubles before. They okay. were, they, they were competitors against each I know, other. I know, right. I know. So they got a doubles card right now. Okay. Where it's a soy going over Tony. Oh wow! And I so, saw him practicing the other day. I think I saw a video. Yeah. Yeah, and what sparked it is is Stevo did a double wall ride with Tony. I saw that. And so during COVID, it's like we're trying to be creative to make money, shit. like yeah. all of us. And I saw him do that card, and then Jack Black did a card for Tony. Saw that. And then and so, I, it just kind of happened going down there riding that I'm like, hey Tony, Chris shot this photo. They turned out great. You want to do this card? He's like, yeah. And so we did a thousand of them. So it turned out. That's but that awesome. wasn't that. That was never the motive. It just kind of yeah. organically happened like that. And so you became like, more creative during COVID for sure for you. Absolutely. I saw you out even nonstop. You always riding your bike. You're out yeah. there in the mix, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't stay home at all. Did that change you at all, the COVID lockdown or learn anything from that? Or No, because I'm already close to my kids. Yeah. I spent so much time with my kids. <laughs> and Jesus, uh, Max. Come on. That was a ruin. It, <laughs> I, spent, I spent so much time with my kids and like, because a lot of people are like, oh, we could do, but I stayed pretty active. And you have the cooking with the thorns. Yeah, we don't do that. That's how I got fat, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I got fat, bro. You put all those meals up. That was cool, though. Your family cooking stuff, you and your son making stuff. Just teaching awesome. them, teaching yeah. them how to be self-sufficient. Yeah, you know. So Max over here living on Kit Kat bars. Living over on here Kit Kat. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was cool. I love all the creative stuff you're doing in lockdown. Yeah, man. Yeah, no, yeah. You gotta, you gotta stay busy. His daughter surfs too, Max. Yeah. What does she surf usually? Zuma. Okay, sick. This, this guy's all over the place. It's gnarly. It's gnarly, right? Yeah, because the waves they 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 break different ways. If you could, shore. yeah, if you could shore, surf yeah. there, it's it's easier to surf other places. You surf too, or no? No, I should. Do you? I tried a couple times with him. I stood up a couple times, and it felt beautiful. It felt amazing to be on the water. I never experienced you that. You could do it. It's not like skateboarding. What's that? If you kept out of you, no, I will. I will. Then good. it got cold, and like he he went further out, and I was just like in the whitewash. I felt like like a loser out there, like a kook, they call me. I saw <laughs> Yeah, I saw he saw me out there. But he goes hard like every day. You know, he tries to go as much as he can. But that's I love this super Cali kid, you know I mean? That, that's his natural high, like BMX was for you. Well, we're in the same way because you're from yeah. East Coast. I yeah. wanted to raise kids in Cali to live that lifestyle because yeah. that's what I always wanted for me. Mm. Totally. So that would probably be the only thing I think would be like, you know, when you're pushing your kids to do something, would be more like uh uh not really like in my house my kids got to do something yeah in other words they can't just like yeah they got chores no not not that <laughs> you didn't say well, that no oh, no they got to okay. do something they got to do a sport to be artistic they got to like utilize all what california has to offer because, i love that because california has a lot to offer if you really just and it's a lot of money to live here too true. so yeah you take get advantage the, of you it get the money's worth it's out not, here yeah exactly place to live. <laughs> yeah what kind of music do your kids listen to are they into like everything 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 yeah they like a lot of like when you said Billie Eilish earlier, yeah. like and like, what, what's the other one? The the weekend. Yep. The weekends. Yeah. And they like they like a lot of they like a lot of rap, but not too much rap as much. Yeah. They like Rancid. They like Metallica. Oh. They're, they're, I taught them their their range of music to not be one dimensional. Totally. That's man. great. Because you you are gonna just listen to one style and you're gonna miss like so many other things. So in your life. there's so many other styles. Even for myself, like we're always finding 
new ah oh, it's old blues band or something or yeah whatever you're still exploring and because I know for a second I'm sure all three of us are had our like punk rock blinders on for one second punk rock only fuck everything else fuck the mainstream fuck this you know what I mean mm-hmm. for a second but not long enough to where I missed anything good after that because I, like I said before like you start seeing other bands listening to other music or thanking other bands or wearing different shirts okay they like that too I'm gonna check it out yeah but it's, it was, it's easy to get in your little skateboard punk rock world when you're a kid you know what I mean it is and, but yeah. I will say even in my young punk days I did like some a lot of a lot of mainstream songs too nice I, I like the the breakdown Phil Collins. Yes. Sick, yeah. oh, yeah. I would wait for that shit. I would wait for that shit. Oh. That's like a mosh like part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, you know how I got into punk rock? I fell asleep on my mom's couch. I woke up to use the restroom. USA Network used to have this thing called Night Flight. Know all yep. about it. No, Suburbia about was on there. Yeah. Yep, Suburbia. But guess the one I the one that got me in the heart of an, another state of mind. Another state of mind. Great, and I woke man. up to take a piss and I was like, what is this? And I stayed up to watch it. And after that, I was like, that's what I want to do. Incredible. I want to be. Invo- I want to be involved. Bro. I want to be involved in that music scene. You had a, you had a Mike, Mike Ness vibe for a while. Yeah, we had your hair. You had that. Mike yeah, Ness when vibe. I used to have hair. The, <laughs> yeah. we call people like that the lightness of Mike Ness. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> you had that vibe. Man. You know who taught me how to do? A, I didn't even know how to do a pompadour on Warp Tour. You know who taught me? <laughs> who? Mondo from Royal Crown Review. Oh wow. He's like, that no, makes sense. no, come here, come here. I'll show you. How to, he's, he's like. Make sure no one's looking. Like I go, how, how do you get? How do you get your hair to do that? I don't understand how to do that. You had the hair, bro. You had that like. Pretty I did, boy, I did that, for a minute for a while. Yeah. Well, I was coming from from Missouri, and I was like, "Well, I could buy a classic car, and it won't rot out." And I got involved in that right. for a while. No winters and shit. Yeah. And Salt I, on my car. I interviewed Mike Ness for Fox TV once. How'd it go? At the Roxy. Was it good? Yeah, it was good. You know, he's amazing, man. Yeah, yeah, he's. It's right. crazy when you grew up in the East Coast, loving social distortion and that whole five and then you move out and you realize how massive they are he's like the elvis of punk rock absolutely so many people look like him at their shows it's it's phenomenal it's incredible it's, it's pretty crazy yeah the wife beater and the tats and the slick back hair it's a good yeah. look good it look. is it is yeah i was I, rocking that i heard they call those tank top slingshots too oh slingshots yes they call them that. i never even heard that term i just heard that recently before. i'm sorry I'm they're changing you. the name i I'm guess telling you. yeah i can't my son's times. eating kit kats man did you already eat lunch today no, we're about to get some food after this and uh some food you know who dressed like that though when i grew up my grandfather Oh wow! He had he had a few tattoos on his forearms, Sick. one on his chest. He always wore a tank top, whatever, with a slingshot. What do you know? <laughs> a, a slingshot. And, and he and he he had his, he had his hair slicked back, nice. and he drove a cab. Dope. That was my grandfather. He smoked cigarettes, so he was kind of like, to me, and he was my only kind of like real father figure because my dad left when we were young, okay. so my mom was single mom, uh, forever. She like worked in a bakery, Wonder Bread Bakery, and did your dad ever come back to any success and try to reach out to you? No, but I found him. Really? I know we've been talking about. You hear a story real quick? Yeah. How'd you find him? I had a social security number, and after years and years of crying over cats in the cradle and wishing my dad was cats there. Cats in the cradle, beautiful song. Oh, did I used to cry? I used to have a, a green forty-five. I used to sit in my room. You know, room Jim Croce, "Time in the Bottle." Yeah, that's the song that came out right. When my dad died. That song fucks me up oh, to this day. You get, oh, that was my song, Jim Croce. So yeah, you okay. understand? Okay, yeah. go ahead. Uh, well, sorry about that too. No, no. Um, and so, I never really understood it. You know, like as a kid, you're like, what? And I think that's, see, for me, I've used my anger. And I tell my son that, use your anger in a positive way. Totally. And so I was doing it with no one telling me that, which was writing. And that's probably why, another reason why I stayed with it, because you asked me earlier, mm-hmm. to just deal with the therapy. It's therapeutic, man. Therapeutic, you know, therapy for myself. So anyways, I reached out to him and I was 35. And at this point in time, I'm living in Bel Air. I bought a house there. Damn, and chill out, fucking Wilson. I know, I know. What's up? Fresh <laughs> punk. <laughs> And uh, fresh punk of Bel Air, dude. And so I just needed this emptiness in me. I wanted to know mm-hmm. this closure. 
And so I call him. I got his number through the service and they said, that's where he lives. So I called him and shit. And he's like, oh yeah, you're my boy. All you ever did was complain. I was like, yeah, well you left when I was like seven. Like, I mean, come on. Like, and so he didn't, we really didn't have a vibe. Right. We that really sound like a vibe. No. We, we really weren't vibing at all. And I said to me like, okay. So then I gave the number to my sister and she had a lot, a lot more issues, you know, with the daddy. Yeah, sure. And so they became friends. They built a friendship. And then once he figured out who I was, he called me again. He says, hey, you're going to be out here with Tony Hawk. Oh, man. I adopted two girls from Russia. They're my daughters. I'll do anything for them. One wants to be an actress. One wants to be a singer. Can we get tickets to that show? Wow. Now, I did this Rolodex in my head of like, or, or this flashbacks in my head of like collecting cans on the street with my mom, uh, digging in trash cans to find stuff to have garage sales, all that to get out of an apartment to rent a house. Never gave any child support, yada, 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 yada. Yeah. Not even something for me? Yeah. Not giving you anything. Yeah. So I said, no. He said, have a nice life. Wow. And I was like, okay, I will. And that was it. Because I felt like insulted, you know, a little bit like, like you didn't, didn't make me feel like you cared about me. But then the second conversation, you're just bragging about these girls that are your daughters and you do anything for, but like you left us hanging. And it's now harsh. you want, you want something for me. So I left it alone. Time went on. I said, okay, I closed it. Yeah. And then he, he, I guess he came out to Manhattan Beach and he was like, hey, you want to come say hi? And at first I was a little timid, but I was like, I never saw him face to face. So part yeah. of me was so curious. I was like, sure, I'll, I'll come say hi. Mm -hmm. So I went out there and the whole time he's like, so you know Travis Barker? We saw you on MTV Cribs. She wants to be a singer. She wants oh to be. Oh my God, man. And then, but, but before I met these girls, they sent me letters in the mail with their school photos saying, dear brother, I miss you. I don't know you. Mm -hmm. Wow. Like it was like Jerry Springer shit, bro. Yeah. I'm being real. I kind of thought it was kind of comedy a little bit. I thought it was mm -hmm. funny. So when I saw him, it all said it to me and it was cool. Yeah. Not a big deal. And I remember the last thing he said to me is he leans on my truck and he's like, Hey man, I used to make a lot of money, a lot of money. And someone told me when I'm dying, do you want to be on, at work on your deathbed? Do you want to be at work? You want to be with your family. I was like, is this mother, is he saying this to me? <laughs> like I was like, I was like, you know what, dude, check it out. I ain't gonna be able to be friends with you. You got your life you're doing your thing. You do your thing. And I just drove off and that's it. Wow. And that was it. And I'm cool with it. Right. Yeah. I, 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 I get it. And you know, there's no more, you know, crying over you or what and I'm glad though. Yeah. I'm actually though glad because I am who I am. Totally. Mm -hmm. So I'm cool. Yeah. But with my kids, no, nah, no, 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 no. He's never I, tried to reach out for you to talk to me to my grandkids, nothing like that, right? No, never. Uh, no. And and with my kids, no one gets left behind. No, yeah, nobody, bad. nobody. And so I was willing to sacrifice, put my life on hold to raise them, to totally. do the right thing, to, to break the cycle. And I'm glad I did. Me too. So, it's amazing. And you've man. done the same thing, you know. And yeah, you, man. Mm. You, do you have kids too? Yeah. I yeah. have one kid and uh, he's 12. Oh, so you get but, it. But I definitely understand the, the dad coming around from my ex. I understand like her father has two new kids and treats them, you know, the best father in the world. Yeah. You know, but yeah. wasn't really that way with her. Got it. And so I, I can Are you and the the, are you and your ex together or do you get your no, kids? Oh, so no. the kids have, you got joint custody. Yeah. Yeah. Got and, it. And and so but he spends most of the time with her. Um in another country. It's it's pretty complicated. Wait, what country? Czech Republic. Got it. So uh it's it's it can be, you know, I can feel that resentment 
mm-hmm. with her I'm because sure, her father is, is really into metal. So he's at every show that we do. Oh, you wow. Know, and he's always like asking her, like, hey, can we get tickets to this? You know, and, and for me, I, I kind no of shame, always man. felt like in the middle, you know. But I could see how it, it would really bum her out, you know, yeah. like all the time. But, you know, I just wish it, it's hard for people to really let go of that, you know, yeah. and, and yeah. get rid of that anger because that's a lot harder to carry around. Yeah, you know, that 100%. hateful bitterness, it's really heavy. Well, it's like we were talking about earlier about your body, too. Yes. Yeah. Hanging on to pain. Yeah. When you acknowledge it, mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be cheesy cliche, but like accepting is kind of true. Yeah. But I also believe like, yeah, some people have done you wrong. You accept them, but eh, you're not morally the friend I thought you were. But, yeah. Yeah. So but there's, a, there's a balance to that. Right, you know? That's true too. Yeah. And, and I mean, was your sister able to have some type of relationship? Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what is it that she, have you she, talked to her about her? Like, what is it that you see in him that I may not be seeing? Well, she passed away actually. Oh, no, it's okay. Sorry. She, Damn. she, she's, she passed away. If I'm 52, it's been over 10 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so, so for, for her, I was going to say that earlier, but I didn't want to be, you know, you know, but she, uh, she built a relationship with him okay. before she passed away. Gotcha. And, and honestly, if I can get anything out of it, I'm glad that happened right. because she, my sister, unfortunately made a lot of bad choices, mm-hmm. especially with men mm-hmm. looking for what he should have gave her. Right. Gotcha. And I knew that when I had my daughter, right? Because I knew the situation I was in. I used to go to therapy about my sister. She had been through a lot. I was trying to help her in a lot of ways. Right. Okay. Being that, being the, the her brother, and a lot of things that she was involved with, like you know all, all the uh, the partying and the drugs and stuff like that, and 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 a lot of the people that she was putting herself around. Mm-hmm. And I said, man, I can't have that happen to my daughter. Right. So for me to say, well, you guys before you passed built a relationship and you had some somewhat of a healing made it worth it oh, yeah that's regardless what he feels about me or he wants to pimp like yeah, his adopted yeah. daughters out so they can meet travis or some shit right, <laughs> right, like, yeah, right. i'm just like what, what's going on uh I, I i was strong enough to be like okay i get it i was right geez i wish it would have been different but no nah, fuck it i'll keep moving on yeah that's kind of my attitude about it mm-hmm. and you, um, you tried to reach out to him originally in the first place you know what i mean yeah but all, yeah. Like, all you could see was like money and fame and all this stuff and I wrote a song called Dad I Never Had. Mm. And then I played, where did I play? One night I played somewhere. I'm trying to remember what it was. It was over by Universal on and in Hollywood. Yes. And somebody's doing some night over there. And so we played. And then I remember it was my birthday. And the last time I talked to him, he sent me an email that said, Happy birthday from the dad he never had. Wow. And that was the last I didn't respond. So we heard the song. But yeah, the song's not nice at all. Wow. Oh, yeah. He fucking got the message, though. <laughs> he heard he got the message. But he doesn't care. He doesn't care. If he did, if he did, if you, you know. But if I mean, he didn't, he wouldn't have mentioned it. Right. And I, I met some, I meet some people before like, yeah, dude, um, um, I met this one guy. He's like, yeah, I got kids. My daughter just moved back in. She's 16. I'm like, cool. Oh, cool, man. That's great. Like, where'd she go? Well, she was homeless for a while. I was like, what? 16. Yeah. I told her she can't stay here too much longer. She's got to figure it out. I love what? her. I'm like, are you trying to impress me that you're a dad? Because you don't sound like you're a good dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds like you're a deadbeat. Yeah. You know, man. and you, you can't wait for her to leave. I'm like, no, I don't want my kids to leave. <laughs> me you know? too, man. I feel you know? that. But, you know, you, you, you can't go through life. What I learned is you can't go through life uh, stuck. Yeah. And yeah, you yeah. have to use it right. for your benefit. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I'm good at doing. Because I'll it take it. Like it I'll man. take it and I'll I'll use it into something and just learn to be like, yeah, all right. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So I love it. I learned so much about you today. I'm so happy this happened because I've known you for like over oh, yeah, 20 man. years. I know, right? Hung out several times, played the warp tours together, cross paths, all of, you know. You always been you, cool to me, invite me to been, stuff, you've dude. Been cool to me, and always you been hooked positive. me up with Trig. They still owe me right? money. What's up, Trig? <laughs> <laughs> Daniel the Swede. <laughs> da- Daniel, Daniel. Daniel. Uh, all right, some technical questions before we shoot, before we leave. Go ahead. Okay. What you got? What you got, homie? So, what do you spokes or mags? Ooh, <laughs> it's some real BMX talk right now. The okay, sorry. I got, for I got, style, for style, tough. Oh, okay. Yeah, Chromax for style, uh, for style and looks. Of how bad? Because I, I ran them for a while, right. for a couple years ago. Uh, Max, tough wheels. I love, I love the way they. I've always loved. But them. I wasn't riding vert, right? And the second I got on vert with those things, less tire pressure and they flex. You feel like a sponge. So I had to go back to rims. I around A hundred pound pressure. Okay, now I know. Bad. Right, yeah, because right. when you when you have rims. You could put 100 pounds of pressure in it, and then it, it's it's faster. Yeah. So tires are skinnier. When you ride in street or park, you could do like 60, 70 pounds. Some right. dudes run 40, and you run fat tires, and you could absorb the landing. It's perfect for that. But if you're trying to do back-to-back airs and go higher and higher on vert, mm-hmm. I don't uh, – yeah. I see. Rims I see. for me. I, and what a, so Tufts look way cooler, though. They look – but the brakes so cool. suck. The brakes aren't good on them and stuff like that. Mm. I don't know what these people are talking about. I'm what about uh, like? We're like we're like in ears or cordless <laughs> bike. <laughs> I was always Derek just had bra- some in ears breaking cranks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, Jesus, Go ahead. It was horrible. Literally in your ears, terrifying. That's crazy. I'm not gonna say the brand either. Yeah, okay. but uh, I always used to be like, like I was a heavy kid, you know, and so that I'd always have like breaking cranks. I was like, God. Damn it, Were I you one piece these. cranks? Yeah. Yeah, that's and why. I was just like, what? Three piece good. cranks don't break. They pretty much bend. If, if the oh, arm right. All the yeah. BMX nerds love this conversation. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, they're like, dude, there's no way. Oh, yeah. As soon as I got my flight cranks, I was just like, oh my God. Red line flights, like, baby. Yeah, I was like, this is life. <laughs> <laughs> the only time I really wanted to be on the BMX is when I when I watched E.T. It's my favorite movie of all time as a kid. Yeah, man. that's a good one. The BMX crew, one. that was so sick. And those yeah. are all the old pros that were in that. Okay. Eddie Fiola, yeah, Bob right. Haro. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. You knew that? Yeah. Oh, RL, okay. I, I think that. RL. I was, dude, those magazines. I was BMX Plus and BMX Action were like every day like, oh my God. Here's the crazy thing about BMX Action since we're talking about this. And okay. There's two BMXers and one skater. You got to get down okay. with this. BMX Action was a magazine run by, by Bob Osborne. And his son was R.L. Osborne, okay. which was a BMXer. And his sister was Wendy Osborne. She was a photographer. His dad started BMX Action because R.L. freestyled. Wow. And I just talked to R.L. I did a podcast with him the other day. I and I brought that up. And I'm like, dude, if you would have never rode, there would have been no BMX Action. That's Jeez, amazing. Wow. And how cool of a dad is that, though, dude, to be like, yeah, I'm yeah, starting yeah. a magazine. And guess what? Your sister's going to shoot the photos. That's amazing. I never knew that. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. It's pretty sick. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so they were they were those guys were doing everything the we dad's did. That's making us look bad, man. I know, right? <laughs> I know I need to step it up. I know, I gotta ask you guys. So I, I was at a skate park in uh Czech Republic and I just see spray painted like No bikes. Scooters, like scooters, losers, you know, something like that. That's the new BMX skateboard rivalry. So I so are BMXers it? and skaters completely against scooters? Like what? Man, here's how. Uh, it's, <laughs> I don't skate in the uh, public parks. Even know that. Here's my deal. Yeah, uh, at, at a, at a park, no okay. I, I like going to skate park where nobody's there. Yeah. I don't care if you. I don't care less people. Mm-hmm. If you know how to skate and ride, or even scooter, uh, and you know what you're doing, cool. 
If you go to no, listen, listen for, for, hear me, hear me out, hear me out, because you got to listen to my rationale. Okay. Because if there's a bunch of kids that 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 are skateboarders, let's say, okay, and they don't know how to skate, they're kind of in the way. Yeah. Right. No offense for for my level, because I don't want to run yeah. into them. The same way I feel about if it's bikers or scooters or whatever. So for me, if I go to like say a skate park like Santa Clarita Skate Park, there's 80 kids there. It's hard to get a line in. I'm gonna run into someone and someone's gonna get hurt. I don't like it. Not because I don't. Not because I'm not encouraging kids to do it. Now, you know how many people told me to quit riding bikes? Follow me. Sure. A lot. Yeah. Sure. Like quit, quit, quit. We hate you. We well, hate you. We hate you. Good. Quit, quit, quit. But back then, didn't matter. Quit, quit. I hate you. Ages so it's was gnarly with them. Like, it's kind of. It's kind of. Like, it's kind of hard for me to be like. As much as I feel like someone on a scooter. It's easy for uh, me to go like screw scooters right. and you guys suck. <laughs> right. But it's right. happened to you. I got but, it. But it's easy right. it is for me to be like that could be another biker right. instead of a scooter because it helps our industry because you know our industry is hard to make it in. Mm-hmm. You asked me earlier about bike sponsors. It's, it's hard. Yeah. Okay. The, financially, so for, in my mind, I'm like all the parents' money are going to scooters. Kids could do a lot more on a BMX bike in my mind. Yeah. But I'm not gonna go around hating on these kids, yeah, because yeah. everyone hated on me and they hated punk rock and they hated like what right, I did and I was right. always like, fuck I'm happy, you, I'm fuck happy, you, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. I'm happy when kids were outside, not on their phones, doing some yeah. shit. Yeah, I know it's, True. I know it's kind skating, of skating, surfing, scootering. It's awesome. Man. I used to ride for an inline company. Me, Dave Mara, Mike Escamilla, and Dennis McCoy. Follow me. It was called Senate, and we started doing shows where it was inline skate and BMX. It was like me, Mike Frazier, Arlo Eisenberg. Shout out to Mike Frazier, man. I love Mike Frazier. Yeah, and so that's when they were crowding all the sports together. Right. We were making no money. Right. And they offered us like three after Airwalks paying me three hundred bucks a month, and now Senate wants to pay me three or four hundred dollars a month. I'm like, dude, I'll take it. And so for a year or two, we wrote for Senate. Everyone hated on us. I was like, dude. I'm not busting tables anymore. So right. that, yeah. that would be my only like. Some people are like, "You're so fuck you, Olive Garden." <laughs> you so yeah. We worked wow. at Olive Garden. He's like, "I'm done with Olive Garden." He did yeah. Already. So, but how many he, fucking but, olives can you take? But man? he, but he, but but even the inline world, bro. Check it out. And and I said this back then, and I'll say it again. It's just me. I try to do unto others the things that have been done to me. Right. And even and when everyone was hating on inlining and stuff and saying they suck they and this and that, hard. it's like. I I knew a lot of the top pros that were cool. We were traveling tour together, so my perception was like, I don't care at the end line. Yeah, uh, do what you want. Some of those, you know, yeah, some of the dudes are doing some gnarly shit on vert, but yeah. like, I just always think like what people would tell me. I, get I love it. that, yeah. you know. And also shout out to Olive Garden because. They have good, some good salads on tour. There's some vegan From the options. pasta we make to lasagna we bake. Boom, 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 boom. We're wishing you uh, uh, a happy nothing, birthday. All, I think Olive Garden should be your life sponsor, bro. You worked there for, <laughs> for that many years? How many years you worked there for? Seven. Seven. Yo, anybody at Olive Garden listening, facts, man? Facts. Unlimited breadsticks for life. And this guy, he remembers this song. Olive Garden where they get, you know, like... if. God, if they stepped up to that, then I would be like, dude, oh. this dude. Listen, I'm trying to budget kill you guys yeah, about like, the scooter well in the line then. Olive Garden. But this guy worked well there for so many years, and, and, he, and he had pride there. He still talks about it. Man, it's his roots. I want to push he knows that the song for you. Dude, I'm gonna. But I have you. nightmares about cleaning tables sometimes. Like, Yo, when this podcast, know going about, when this podcast comes out, I'm going to tag Olive Garden in the post. Yeah, yeah. No doubt. Sponsor Olive me, bro. Dude, you get free food for life. You for no doubt, man. Dude, pasta That's fish roll soup. Olive Garden turned Rick Thorne into the man that he is today. Yeah, good, <laughs> all that good, hard it's work. A good, it's a good look for them. You know, it you'd is. be better than that. That horrible. How many years, Olive Garden? Seven. 
I worked at Subway for a year and a half, and they, and they ordered me a long sleeve shirt because my tattoo said "Meat is Murder." They, wouldn't, they don't want to be promoting vegetarianism in the eighties, so they ordered me a long sleeve shirt. It was like eighty something. I worked there, and they made bad choices. Subway. But even back right, then, sorry. if you were a vegetarian or a vegan, Subway's not fresh. Yeah. Subway <laughs> is picking the wrong people to sponsor them. If you get my drift. Okay. Well, this was, this, this you know was, that dude. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. I know, but this was the this eighties. <laughs> this is before he was born, actually. Oh, oh, okay. That uh, yeah, before that he's dude. born. But Olive Garden. Yeah, Thorne. Olive Garden. I no. think that would be great for them to do that. Let's do it, dude. I'm down. Like dude. The thorn salad. Yeah, thorny like salad. A whole new look for Olive thorny Garden. salad oh, in there. Like cool. I know. <laughs> All you could eat thorny salad and breadsticks yeah. for sure. Um, the man in black. The biker in black. Rick Thorne, thank you so much. It's way overdue this conversation. Thanks. And dude. just like I'll say this with Fat Mike, like <laughs> you know somebody for so many years, you finally sit down with them and learn so much more of their story and you love them, appreciate them more no as a doubt, person. No doubt. Got mad respect for you still doing your inspiration to so many people. Thank you. And I love that you keep going, man. Thanks, brother. You too. I appreciate, I appreciate you being you. here. Derek Derek too. I think people are gonna love this. My first BMX. BMX Pro on the podcast. It's pretty sick, man. It'd be Thanks, great. dude. I mean, the Adam 22 if, was pretty cool. You know, yeah, he knew I, so much about the BMX world. I had yeah, no idea. Man, yeah, man. Well, he did. He did. He did the. Yeah, he did the come up. You, you were on there too. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I was just on there last week. Yeah. Yeah, and then he and then he went from that to BMX blog. So all he that. must know your whole. World. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You got knowledge, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Me, cool. me, me and him are cool. I went That's on his cool. the no jumper before. Oh, nice. I just went yeah. there too last week. It was really fun. Yeah. And he's been he's been pretty successful too. So yeah. Rick awesome, Thorne, dude. thank you, bro. Thank you, brother. Much right love. Appreciate you being here. Much love. Yeah. Hell yeah. Bye, everybody. Hey, y'all. Liquid Death's been so kind to give me a promo code. So for your first purchase on liquiddeath.com, go to liquiddeath.com slash OLOC, and you get a free set of koozies with your first purchase of H2O, still or sparkling. Uh, if not, you can try it also at Whole Foods or 7-Eleven. Use the promo code OLOC for your first purchase of Liquid Death. Thank you, Liquid Death, for your support. Appreciate you so much. Murder your thirst. H2O saves lives, y'all.